is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you, and uh, a lot to get to today. Jets back on the ice this afternoon. We hope to have a little bit of an update from Jet practice a little later on in the second hour of the program as a little later practice than normal with guys coming back into town wherever they were spending the player break. We will get to that. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, chopping it up with our pal Brandon Rewicki. Um, we will get to a little Super Bowl talk as well. As you can see, I'm rocking the red today. It's been Red Friday all week on Winnipeg Sports Talk as my Chiefs go up against his Eagles. So we'll get to that. But we'll spend the majority of the conversation discussing the NHL trade market and a trade that has just broken in the last few minutes as we've gone to air. We'll let you know about that coming up in just a minute as well. Obviously, there has been some big, big news in the Canadian Football League over the last couple of days, including the return of Kenny Lawler to the peg. Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation is going to jump on with us in about 20 minutes. We'll talk about everything happened in the Three Down game and get his thoughts on the big game on Sunday as well. And then a little later on in the show... Our good friend Nolan Baumgartner, Manitoba Moose assistant coach, is going to jump on. Went into the American Hockey League Hall of Fame earlier this week. We'll talk about that as well as what's happening with the Moose as they uh, get back out on the road this weekend before beginning an extended homestand next week at Canada Life Centre. Uh, just before we get going, a huge thank you to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and we'll get to a why not question of the day for the gang over at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery as well. Let's get Michael Remus in here. And uh, Remo, happy anniversary. Anniversary of what, a trade? What are you talking <laughs> No, no, uh, this, uh, you don't remember what February 9th is? Mm, I don't know, a couple days before the Super Bowl? Uh, well, let me refresh your memory. Two years ago, to this day, we were all rattled because we had gotten a text message at about 11 a.m. saying to jump on a conference call at 20 minutes after 11, at which point... We did and found out that our beloved sports, all sports station here in Winnipeg was no more. Um, yeah, the end of TSN 1290, two years ago today. It is, uh, it, it still blows my mind um, that that was 24 months ago. I mean, we're pushing 500 episodes of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Looking forward next month to the two-year anniversary of this show uh, but I always wake up on February 9th, which is coincidentally a day before my birthday, and remember um, just how crazy a day that was. And it makes me think about all the great guys that we worked with, that so many of them have come on this program. But it also makes me incredibly appreciative of the support of all the sponsors that I just mentioned that allow us to continue to do what we love and the incredible support that we have every day from the amazing people that join us live on YouTube and uh, hang out with us and uh, participate in the chat and so many people that have shifted their listening habits from turning on an AM radio dial 
to banging out Winnipeg Sports Talk on their way home from work or later on in the day on podcast. Uh, it's been a wild, wild couple years. Yeah, I can't believe it was uh, two years ago today. I remember seeing the email about a conference call. And then I think it was at 11 that you heard that in other cities, they just kind of pulled the plug without telling anyone. Um, it felt like a bit of an execution, to be honest. Like they just lined everyone up and just shot them. It was um, pretty shocking at the time, but you know, I'll be honest. Like I was looking forward to whatever opportunities were to come up. I did not think that this would be one of them, and I'm extremely thankful. Uh, you were like, okay, let's you know keep going here, and thankful that it, people actually came in and listened and care what we have to say, and that there's businesses out there like the many sponsors we have that want to sponsor us. So um, I'm very sad. You know, a lot of people lost lost their jobs and people, you know, habits change that we're listening every day. But um, we were able to, you know, when something bad happens, you're able to create something new and maybe something even better. And with us here and Illegal Curve Hockey Show, also on YouTube, Kenny and Manny, there's still, you still have that Jets content and here, you know, more of a wide-ranging Winnipeg sports content. But... um yeah, it's kind of, I do, do think about it, you know, as much as I like to joke that, you know, it's out of my mind. Uh, I know what day it is, and, um, you know, you do kind of think about it, and it was uh, it was a pretty crazy, like, couple, 20, you know, a couple hours there. Uh, there were a lot of unknowns. Yeah, well, and then, I mean, it didn't take uh, very long for, I mean, us to talk about the fact that there was, a, and it, I mean, they could shut the station down all they wanted. That didn't change the fact that Winnipeg is one of the best sports cities, if not the best sports city in Canada, with some of the most passionate fans um, and listeners of the old station, which still makes it the stupidest decision of all time. Um, but I guess, you know, when you're a big company like that and you're making more money gouging us on cell phones and internet, um, you know, a little AM radio station that was certainly feasible didn't make sense in the big picture for it. I mean, it's unfortunate it didn't continue. But in the big picture, and we've talked about this with Adam Seaborn, we've talked about it with Sean Fitzgerald, who wrote that nice piece on including us in The Athletic on, you know, where digital content was going uh, and the future of things like all sports radio stations under big companies. Um, it shifted to the content creators. And... That's what we were, um, and it's been great to be able to do it ourselves. And, you know, you mentioned the people that have been behind us. I mean, obviously the support we have, and there's so many folks that, I mean, I look in the chat right now, and I don't want to single out any one individual, but um, that are with us every day. Many of them were here, show number one on March 8th of 2021. Um, but a special thanks to uh, Andrew and the gang of Boston Pizza, Greg and Gerald at Royal Sports, um, Nick and Nikki over at the Nick and Nikki DQ group and Trevor at Not Auto Corp. I mean, those four companies jumped on with us when this was just an idea. Um, and very quickly, <clears throat> we added to the group um, and the retention that we've had with the sponsors that have jumped on and stayed with us long term, um, I think speaks well about the product and the value that our sponsors are getting for it, but also the faith that they've had in us as well as this format and this content. So February 9th, it's uh, it is a bittersweet day for us because obviously everything is going incredibly well. And I mean, we say now looking back, this is the best thing that ever happened to us. Um, but there's a lot of thank yous that come out and, you know, and a lot of shout outs to guys that are doing a number of different things right now. I mean, certainly Kevin O ironically still involved in the game back on the old station, albeit through the Winnipeg ice. 
um, is doing a great job. I mean, uh, Rick Ralph, very successful um, in the mortgage industry. Um, we've had Westy on, who's found a, a new path of his career. JT doing his thing over at CJOB. Um, Brandon with Skates and Plates. Um, you know, the, I could go down the list of everyone that was involved. But uh, it was a real special group of people. Um, and certainly Chris Brook that, you know, was the guy that brought Gary and myself over and started it all with the first daily show uh, there. Rack Carney, who actually helped us, us out on a number of things when we were getting this going as well. Um, a lot of thanks to Rollo. But um, uh, I had to start the show on February 9th, um, kind of acknowledging um, so many people who have had a big hand on uh, this great run that uh, in a lot of ways I think is just getting going. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about you know this when we get to Hard to believe, man. We're coming up to show 500 in a couple of weeks, right around the second anniversary on March 8th of Winnipeg Sports Talk. But uh, did want to sort of open the show that way and uh, thank everyone that has been such a big part of what we've been doing for the last couple of years since the infamous day two years ago today when they turned out the lights at the station over on Pembina Highway. All that being said, um, we've got a lot to get to today. Obviously, I'm fired up. And for folks that know, I'm wearing the jersey today um, because Remo's going to be holding it down tomorrow. I'm actually taking the, uh, a little Super Bowl weekend, uh, birthday weekend vacation. Um, I'll be gone for a couple days. I'm going to be in Vegas with some friends to watch the big game on the weekend. Um, so we wanted to get that in today. We will talk about the big game. But before we even get to the return of the Jets on the practice sites, Remo, to use your favorite term, we have a trade to announce. We have a trade to announce and trade deadline getting early. I think the NHL uh, saw the bonkers trades yesterday in the NBA, which had Kyrie Irving getting traded and Kevin Durant getting traded like after 11 p.m. I didn't even believe it was real. It was in and- the middle of the night, man. I Listen. By the way, a quick plug. Dusty and I just banged out our first Super Bowl lock shop special. We'll have another one dropping tomorrow before Winnipeg Sports Talk. Do us a favor. Get on over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel at Lock Shop Bets. We're going to give away $1,000 when we uh, to one of our subscribers when we get to, uh, when we get to 1K there. I-, I was basically staring at the Cool Bet prop lines for about four hours last night trying to whittle it down to what we were going to include in these two Super Bowl episodes. And I mean, I had Sports Center on, and it you know it's sort of gotten on the loop, and all of a sudden, like twelve thirty, breaking news comes up, and Kevin Durant traded to the Suns. I mean, listen, I know we don't spend a ton of time talking hoops, although this week there's been a lot to talk about the Irving trade, LeBron breaking the all-time points record, but man, I mean, KD turning out like the new, the new, the Brooklyn Nets blew it up their super team gone in a matter of two massive deals i got some talented young players four unprotected first round picks uh but that brooklyn team a shadow of what it was just a week ago after another blockbuster completed in the middle of the night yeah it's kind of funny to think that brooklyn they had this super team you thought oh how many titles they're gonna win with harden uh kevin durant and uh, Kyrie Irving, and it like, didn't even last two seasons. It was a complete mess, and, but they fired Steve Nash, the coach, so it doesn't always work. You know, I think maybe it makes you appreciate the LeBron. Well, they had LeBron, but the the LeBron uh, heat, what they were able to do going to finals and winning championships, coming together with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Um, it's, this didn't work with the Nets, and 
you know, maybe the pandemic had something to do that, but uh, Kevin Durant was a four first and going to the Suns, who are already a pretty good team. So now they have, now they have a bit of a super team with Chris Paul, who's still going. We talked about legends all week. You can't forget Paul and um, Devin Booker. Maybe he'll get his ring now. Maybe he'll get his ring. So um, that's pretty exciting. So we did have this hockey trade and Frank Cervelli tweeting about 20 minutes before we went live that we have a trade to announce. And we don't know all the details, but Vladimir Tarasenko going from the St. Louis Blues to the New York Rangers. Um, we don't know the full details. And here's Frank continuing. And I saw Andy Strickland and Jeremy Rutherford on this as well. D. Nico Mikola, part of the deal with Tarasenko from the Blues to the Rangers. I guess the Rangers also put Libor Hayek on waivers today, and that makes room for him. Sammy Blay going back to the Blues from the Rangers, and he was traded from the Blues to the Rangers in the Buknevich trade. So this team, these teams have some history. It's not only the Jets that trade with the Rangers. Us. Other teams <laughs> trade with the Rangers, too. Um, they love dealing in that central division. Yeah. Get get so, their guys out of the east and take guys from the central into uh, MSG. So that, we'll have to see. <clears throat> I saw a first round pick, probably going from the Rangers to the Blues. I'm assuming, although they traded that last year, they traded their first pick for uh, Andrew Kopp, the Jets. And so we'll, I'm trying to keep track on Twitter. Also do the show. It's tough. So I do appreciate people in chat who are helping us out here. Yeah, fake um, news is banned, though, please. Um, yeah, fa- you'll get kicked out for fake news for sure. But <laughs> the I mean, only uh, way to get j- guaranteed thrown over the top rope by Remo is dropping yeah. fake news in and trying to get us. Uh, James Duthie already tweeting out memes like, no, save the trades for March 3 because they're going to need something something to talk about here. So we, there's one down, Huss. There's one name off the trade bait board. What is interesting about this deal, and again, you know, we'll find out more about what the, uh, what the, the cost was for Tarasenko. Um, is what that might do to the rest of the market. And, of course, we've spent a lot of time, as certainly we're not alone here in Winnipeg, talking about the availability of Timo Meyer, the number one player on most of the trade bait boards right now. Um, certainly Winnipeg is reported to be interested, and Kevin Cheveldayoff was there watching the Sharks in person a couple nights ago in Tampa. Uh, we talked to Greg Wyshynski yesterday, uh, the New Jersey Devils, very, very interested in Timo Meyer. Um, would be able to bring him and uh, associate him with a couple Swiss players, including star Nico Heischer on that club. But the New York Rangers was another team that was reportedly very interested in trying to acquire Timo Meyer. You would have to think, Reem, and I guess we'll know more for sure, uh, but just from a cap perspective as well, adding Tarasenko at this point, I'm not sure that this announcement today of the acquisition of Tarasenko doesn't all but take out the Rangers of being a serious player when it comes to the services of Shark star Timo Meyer. Okay, so we're hearing more. Darren Dreger reporting first and a fourth and prospects going to the Blues, and um, we'll have to wait and see who the prospects are. It's amazing how it has to like trickle out by like five different insiders. It's like a piece of paper has been ripped up, and you got to put the puzzle together <laughs> like that's really what's going on here like they can't just uh, is this like how it goes uh with trades at least uh, the durant trade it was shams last night who uh who had all of it so um i mean we'll have to see what happens but you know the first round pick is always is always in there a prospect there's another pick 
So I think that's kind of the framework that they've been going with. And for a guy like Meyer, who is not a UFA, Tarasenko is a UFA after this season, I think the return uh, would be a bit more, you know, probably a bit more than that. I don't know if it's going to be like Durant for four first-round picks. I don't know if you'd ever see that in the NHL, but I think it would be more than what we've seen so far for the Horvat trade and this Tarasenko deal. Yeah, listen, the, the, the capital that these teams that are sellers right now want is picks in the first round of this year's draft, straight up. Um, and it was funny. Wasn't the Rangers' first round pick number one on the, or number eight on the TSN trade yeah. bait board you're, earlier you're, this week? You're right. I was looking at the TSN trade bait board, and we love when um, non hockey players are on the trade bait Just board. Items? Like, like uh, Arizona Cap Space is on there <laughs> just about every year. Okay. And Andrew Ladd's Bur- contract. Yeah, so yeah, whoever's first round uh, pick is on there. So yeah, the Rangers, you're right. The Rangers' first round pick. So they know what they're doing on these trade bait boards. Uh, you know, we like to joke about it, but they are. Well, so um, uh, listen, that 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 price for Timo Meyer, and again, and check out yesterday's show, and we had a real good chat with uh, Murata Tesh, who has a really interesting piece, along with one of his colleagues in San Jose with The Athletic, talking about three potential packages that might be able to pry Timo Meyer out of San Jose from uh, from a Winnipeg standpoint. And no surprise, they all include the Winnipeg Jets' first-round pick and then a variety of combinations of players, young players that haven't played yet. We mentioned, talked a lot about Rutger McGrory, who I pray is not part of any deal. Chaz Lucius, who's had some great performances this year at the World Juniors and in junior hockey went on the ice but unfortunately out for the rest of the year, um, including players that are in the lineup right now, like Dylan Sandberg and Logan Stanley. So all of that we hit yesterday, I, I, I still do think, and, and maybe this is less likely to happen now with the New York Rangers having already acquired Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, but the best thing that could happen right now is a bit of a bidding war for Timo Meyer, And I think the fact that, he will be under team control for at least one more year and the potential that the team acquiring Meyer, even if they don't sign him long-term, would be able to trade him again at later on. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I think I can say safely I expect the return to be more than for Tarasenko or for Horvat. I guess what we'll find out is how many teams are in and how much P- uh, that Mike Greer can grind these teams to uh, up the up the return for Meyer. But it's definitely going to start with a first-round pick, a player, and probably a top prospect, all of which the Winnipeg Jets have if they're willing to part with them to uh, get Timo Meyer here to Winnipeg and have a better offer than all the other suitors in the league. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of suitors in Timo Meyer. He is the uh, top dog on the trade bait board. So I'm looking at the TSN trade bait board. Has. The Rangers first round pick was eight and Tarasenko was five. So now we have Meyer, Chikrin, uh, Patrick Kane. I thought maybe he could go to the Rangers, but I guess he won't be now. Ryan O'Reilly on there as well. One name who's on there, Jonathan Taves has, we do have a Jonathan Taves update. Uh, he's hurt. Yeah, he's going to be, you know, the Blackhawks are here Saturday for their 9 p.m. Home start. We're all super, super fired up. You're actually going to be out of town, as you're going to miss it. I am, I and I was unfortunate because I've been telling everyone that. This yeah, is you're going leading to be, the charge here for this, this 9 p.m. party. Well, I mean, listen, it's for sure going to be the, the most. I, I don't think it'll be a sleepy crowd. I mean, I think that it'll be. 
shall we say, a well-lubricated crowd. People will have their fun downtown. Um, and it'll be great for the businesses downtown as well. Get a couple more hours of people in beforehand. Uh, hopefully everyone behaves themselves. I'm not sure whether they might need an extra security guard or two for it. Of course, they're also doing that great South Asian Heritage Program. And you can check out their website for that ticket and meal combo uh, that the Jets are putting out. But... Um, but yeah, and the good thing is, I guess in Vegas, it'll be a seven o'clock game, just a normal, regular primetime game there. So we'll uh, we'll be looking at that. But <clears throat> what was the update on Taves? It sounds oh, yeah. like so, he's not going to be, he's not yeah, going to be playing in that game. They're, and they're playing Friday. I saw Tracy Myers, uh, who reports for NHL.com. She is saying Taves likely out both games this weekend. Want to give him time to ramp up again. He's in the gym and good spirits. And she also said he was not on the ice. Looks like he'll miss his fifth consecutive day of practice, non-COVID-related illness. And so that's the update from Tracy on Jonathan Tate. All right, well, we'll kick this around with Rewiki coming up in a little bit. And I did see Derek Schmidt going, oh, are Huss's tickets up for a giveaway? Well, in fact, not my normal ones, but I think I do have a pair of seats. So stick around later on in the program. Talk to Remo whether we're going to do this today or whether I'll leave him for Reem to do them tomorrow in my absence. But we will have a pair of tickets for a Winnipeg Sports Talk listener for that 9 p.m. game on Saturday coming up. So don't go anywhere. You just realized you're like, crap, I got to do something with these tickets. No, well, no, I had already did something. I It was just, I had a single. I was going with my pal Murray. I said, dude, I'm out of town. Use both the tickets. But then I got a pair from um, from a friend that uh, he said, you know what? Let's get somebody at WST wow. out there. So that's pretty we'll good. let you know about that. So hang tight on that. We will do that a little bit later on. We'll give you information. We'll decide whether we're going to spring the wheel today or maybe add them in for a uh, prize tomorrow for the marble race when I am away. All that being said, we're going to get to some big CFL news with Jay Dunk and certainly get his thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. Um, just before we do that, gang, we're not out of the woods with winter yet, although this has been a real, real nice week. Uh, but when it comes to battery needs throughout the long Winnipeg winter, and of course, all the batteries for the fun stuff in the summer, there's only one place to go, and that is Manitoba Battery, locally owned at 1026 Logan Avenue. Donnie Watson, his amazing staff down there will take care of you, giving you the best prices in town on batteries and saving you time and money right now in the winter if you do need a new one. You can pop by there and get a test, no problem. If you need one, shop local, save money, and get a great price. But if you know you need a new battery, Give them a phone call by 3 p.m. or get your order in at manitobabattery.com and they'll deliver it to you anywhere in the city same day if you order by 3 p.m. Uh, give them a call or pop down in person at 1026 Logan. Order online, manitobabattery.com. Save time, save money. Shop local with Donnie and the gang over at Manitoba Battery. Um, speaking of shopping local and great things coming forward into the summer, uh, we're already getting ready for and excited for golf season. Um, and when it comes to irrigation, artificial turf, golf carts, and more, Consolidated Supply has been the leader in the industry for years here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. But it's so much more than irrigation, landscaping, and artificial turf. Spas and hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options. Start planning for the summer to make the most of your space wherever you are. Go see Spicy Joe and the gang down at 1395 Niaqua Road East or check out their new relaunched website online at cte.ca 
for our friends at Consolidated Supply. Don't forget, folks, we're still welcoming in nominations for the Unsung Hero program, along with our friends at Wallace & Wallace and Jets All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey. Send us an email to win uh, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com and let us know about that person in your life, in your community, that is an unsung hero with the time and effort they spend helping others through charitable work, volunteering, and more. The unsung hero each month is going to get an autographed jersey from Jets All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey. Wallace and Wallace will make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the WST listener who nominated our unsung hero. And even better, Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that $500 donation to the Dream Factory, a great charity locally and one that Josh is an ambassador for. Uh, and hey, just before we get to Jay Dunk, don't forget, gang, that... Uh, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market are there for you with great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries at any of their seven stores. And February is Heart Month. It's crucial to support this vital organ with omega-3 fatty acids. We can't always get enough in our diets, so supplement with RX Omega-3 fish oil by Natural Factors. It helps support cardiovascular health, cognitive function, eye health, and helps with joint pain and flexibility. And it's on sale today at Vita Health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right, we'll get back to some hockey talk with Berwicki coming up in a few minutes. But right now, let's welcome in Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation, who's been a busy, busy guy as we get closer to the 14th in the official start of free agency. Dunk, what's up? How are you? Dude, I'm doing well, Hustler, getting ready for the Super Bowl, as you mentioned, but I've been busy with this CFL negotiating window and then free agency to make a bunch of these agreed-to-terms official on Valentine's Day. You know what? Uh, we'll uh, definitely want to get your thought in the big game on Sunday, but as you mentioned, it's been a wild few days in the Canadian Football League, and to be honest, I mean, I think the biggest news has been made right here in the peg by Kyle Walters. Take us through Kenny Lawler returning to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers how long has this been in the mix, and how did Kyle Walters get it done considering all the big-time players of this great bomber run over the last few years that had already been re-signed and are coming back to the peg? The Bombers had always wanted to keep Kenny Lawler before he departed for Edmonton. They just couldn't quite get to that dollar amount that he left for, which ended up being 305000 from the Elks is what Lawler earned last season. So there was always interest there, and there was never any bridges burned. They actually tried to get him back at the trade deadline. That didn't happen last year either. And now the Bombers actually have agreed to terms with him. I fully expect him to sign a contract with the Bombers on Valentine's Day. And the way that the Bombers were able to get it done is because they had some cap space available, even though some people out there are wondering how they're fitting all these big name players under the cap. And yes, Zach Kolaris is going to be the highest paid player in the CFL, making $600,000 for the 2023 season. But they had some free agents, especially at the receiver position. Greg Ellingson and Rashid Bailey, I think, were the key ones here that were money coming off the books. So the Bombers looked at it and said, well, we can allot this money at the receiver position and go and bring back Kenny Lawler, who's a bona fide number one, a dude that is absolutely a stud, can take the top off a of defense, can go up and get the football, and has a great rapport with Kolaris. And yes, you don't 
get to bring back an Ellingson or probably not a Bailey, but they already had four starting receivers going into this already. Carlton Agadosi is on a rookie contract. Of course, Dalton Schoen, who was the CFL's most outstanding rookie, will be back. I don't think he'll sign an NFL deal. He's on a rookie contract as well. Yes, you had to give Nick Dembski a raise and you have Drew Olatarski out there, but there was a fifth receiver spot and they didn't necessarily need Ellingson and Bailey back to fill that. So you take their money, put it in there. Also, I think they're going to go younger at center with Chris Kolonkowski in the middle and Michael Couture will move on. He's from the West Coast out in BC, went to school at Simon Fraser. So I think he'll go back there. That saved the Bombers about another $100,000 going younger up front. So that's how they had the funds to bring Lawler back to Winnipeg. You know, it is, uh, it's fascinating because, I mean, I'm not sure, I mean, myself included, how many people thought that that would be realistic. But when you break it down the way that you just did, I mean, Ellingson was, you know, had a significant salary on the books. And Rashid Bailey, I mean, wasn't playing for pennies. The fact that Dalton Schoen is likely to come back, I mean, I think a big thought was that, you know, with the season that he had, a rookie, he'd be back in the National Football League. That really hasn't transpired. And, you know, he and Agadosi, who was injured for the majority of the season last year, I think showed that he could be a game-breaker in some special ways. It really was a perfect fit, and we certainly know how impactful Kenny Lawler was when he was with the Bombers, even with the Elks, who stunk last year, and we went through a bunch of quarterbacks. He still was incredibly productive when he was in the in the lineup. He really was. And just to go back to those salaries for Ellingson, he made $165,000 in hard money last year. Bailey was around $135,000. So I'm no mathematician, but you add that up, that's $305,000. Now that necessarily doesn't all go to Kenny Lawler. I think he'll be in the... $265,000 range in year one and around $300,000 in the second year of that contract. But it freed up money for them to be able to go to get Lawler. And you mentioned Schoen in the NFL. I think a lot of Bombers fans, as you mentioned, Hustler, thought he was going to be gone to the NFL. But he's a guy that really utilized the waggle. The NFL teams had already scouted him going through the NFL draft process. He did not get selected in the NFL draft. That's why he came up here so quickly and was able to star as a rookie. But I don't think he's the type of guy that could have an impact down there, at least being viewed by NFL scouts. They feel like he's really reliant on that waggle to get a running start, and he's used it well, and he's picked up the Canadian game very well. But I highly doubt, and the window's going to close for him here really quickly. On the same day the free agency opens, that's when the NFL window closes for any potential CFLers who have that clause in their contract, and that's all players, to sign an NFL deal. It's got to be done by that day. So I don't anticipate that from Schoen, and the reason that they're able to sign Lawler is because of Schoen and Agadosi being on rookie minimum contracts. Well, and, and it's wild. I mean, the fact that free agency hasn't technically even begun right now, Justin, and when you look at the Bombers, offensively at least from those skill positions, I mean, bringing back Dembski, counting on the return of Schoen, which I think was a very much up in the air at the end of the season, and bringing in Kenny Lawler, I mean, this team right now, at least on paper, is better than they were offensively before they even sign a guy on Valentine's Day. It definitely is. You're right about that. And I think Lawler can help put them over the top because it was one thing that Schoen had such a good year. And yes, Nick Dembski had 10 touchdown catches to deserve that race. 
but they didn't necessarily have that guy who could consistently go over the top. And that's what Lawler provides. And he also has that relationship with Claris that is so key from the quarterback position. And I really think that having Lawler back, and we should mention, he was with the team for back-to-back breakups when they won. Now, I'm not saying he's the lone reason why they didn't win in Regina, but if you catch my drift there, I think he's coming back with the feeling that he can put them back over the top. Now, Lawler didn't know it at the time, but him leaving for Edmonton actually costs him not being able to get that guaranteed money in the second year of his contract. I still think he will be there, and this will set him up to be able to sign a partially guaranteed contract in the future with Winnipeg. But it just shows, even though you can leave for some more money, Sometimes the grass isn't always greener over there, and I think that's part of the reason why Lawler came back. Well, and uh, I think he can pretty much count on some sort of a playoff bonus and uh, touch wood, hopefully maybe even a Grey Cup bonus, which uh, will uh, be a nice top-up to uh, still one of the top salaries outside of quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, That being said, you can't keep everybody. Casey Sales is a big part of the Bomber defense, and it sounds like he's going to get a nice, healthy raise to go out east. He will. He's agreed to terms with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We had that news first at 3downnation.com. It's a two-year contract and should average in the range of $200,000 in salary. And that type of money shows you how he was viewed around the league. Obviously, the Blue Bombers really liked him. But when you're talking about the raises that you maybe have to give some guys to keep them, like in Nick Dembski or to bring Kenny Lawler back, You can't keep all of the guys on your roster. So the Tiger Cats get a player in the middle that has been disruptive. And I think he's under the radar because he goes about his business in a very quiet way. The Bombers are going to have to fill that void. But the one thing that they've shown in Winnipeg is that if they lose people, they can go out and scout and bring guys in to make an impact very quickly. So they'll definitely have a plan there to replace sales. It will be an impactful loss, but I don't think it will be one that will hold this team back from going for another great cup. I'll say this, and maybe this is selfishly doing what we do, but Rashid Bailey was one of our favorites. I mean, just talking with the guy, the energy and passion he wakes up with in the morning and maintains throughout the entire day is unlike on something I've almost never seen. Uh, and he can still certainly play. What kind of a what kind of a market do you think they'll be amongst the rest of the Canadian Football League for Sheed, as well as Greg Ellingson, who certainly can play but had a tough time staying on the field last year. When Ellingson was on the field last year, to your point, Hustler, he was very productive, but that's what he's got to prove he can do in 2023. And I think there will be a market out there for both of those guys, but kind of what's going on right now is We have seen that Lawler has agreed in principle to sign his contract, but there is no decision yet from Geno Lewis, and he's a guy who wanted over $300,000 on the open market. So he needs to make a decision, and then I think Tim White would be the next most sought-after receiver who's a pending free agent from the Hamilton Tiger Cats before we get to guys like Ellingson or Rashid Bailey. Teams might get an idea if they're not in the mix there for Geno Lewis or Tim White. And I think the Ticats are really going to put a press on White to get him signed, to keep him there and catch passes from Bolivar Mitchell, their franchise quarterback now. But those are two top-of-the-market receivers that have to sign before some of these other guys move and then realize what salary could be available. Because if you have a few teams in the mix, 
then they're not sure if they're out of the mix on, let's say, a Juno Lewis or Tim White until there's a final decision made there. And then you can go to those next guys like Bailey and Ellington, who I absolutely believe will have interest from multiple teams and could help multiple teams to a very good season. You mentioned Gino Lewis. I wanted to ask you about him because, I mean, really, he, Kenny Lawler, top, and, you know, Tim White as well. But Gino Lewis, you know, he's in Montreal, and we've heard a lot of things about how maybe unstable the Alouettes franchise is right now. What can you tell us about that is in the market for Gino Lewis and the likely landing spot for him if he doesn't stay in Montreal and even the chances of him staying there right now where that's at? People need to be a little bit patient here with the Montreal Alouettes ownership situation. I believe there is a positive outcome on the horizon, and I really can't say anything more other than that at this time because it's such a tenuous situation. But Timing somewhat think, important in all of this. I mean, this it, is not it, something that can last another three weeks because of next it week. It definitely can't, Hustler, and I think there needs to be an idea of what the Alouettes can do so i think there's a natural fit there at quarterback with cody fajardo going and pairing with jason moss and i think the fact that they feel like there could be a situation and a resolution to all of this and i'll call it a mess with what's happened with gary stern that could benefit the alouettes and i think that is what's keeping Montreal in play for a Geno Lewis. The Hamilton Tiger Cats have had interest in him. There have been some people that have linked Geno Lewis to the BC Lions because of his connection with Vernon Adams Jr. from their time playing in Montreal. But I don't necessarily know that the Lions, the cap space to get in that bidding. So I think Montreal is still in play. The Tiger Cats would like to add Geno Lewis if possible. And I also think it's probably outside mm-hmm. chance now, but the Saskatchewan North Riders could be in the mix there as well for Lewis. But Lewis, as with some other players who potentially want to go to Montreal or could agree to terms in principle, they're going to have to be patient. I don't think any players that agree to terms with the Alouettes are going to be able to actually sign until after Valentine's Day when free agency opens and potentially even longer, depending how long, as you mentioned, Hustler, this situation takes to play out. It's not ideal timing from the Alouette's perspective where we're very close to going to a great cup last year, but it's what's in front of them and they're just going to deal with it as it is. Hey, by the way, got to give a shout out. I see Bonfire Sports in the chat. What a bombing. Casey Sales is way better than many gave him credit for. I will agree on that. And, uh, you know, with it being our two-year anniversary DB, another one of the 1290 orphans, doing an amazing job over at Bonfire. Make sure you give him a sub and uh, check out the work that that, that he's doing. Um, outside of Winnipeg right now and those big receivers, uh, Justin, um, I'm really interested in the Argos. I mean, they're the defending Grey Cup champs. Uh, sounds like McLeod Bethel-Thompson will not be coming back. And I guess, does that mean Swag Kelly is the quarterback? And Tell us a little bit about this trade that uh, was made today. Um, high marks from around the CFL for what the Argos were able to pull off for their first rounder. Definitely. The Argos go out and make a deal that I don't think anybody really saw coming and that wasn't on my radar until I found out about it last night and reported the news first on 3downnation.com. So the Double Blue go out and trade their first-round pick in the 2023 CFL Draft, which is ninth overall to the BC Lions for Jordan Williams, who one season ago in 2021 
was the league's most outstanding rookie as a Canadian playing middle linebacker. So that's a ratio buster position. Usually middle linebackers are American in this league for a long, long time. But Williams is flat out an athletic freak and a guy that can start in the middle for Toronto. And what this does for the Argos is gives them a long-term plan at middle linebacker as a national. So people are going to wonder, well, what does it mean for the future of Enoch Mwamba there? He was, of course, a Grey Cup MOP and the Grey Cup MVC, winning both of those awards. And he had been in Toronto for a while. But I don't think this necessarily bodes well for his future there in double blue because they re-signed Winton McManus, who plays on the weak side. And I think they're on the verge of adding somebody else on the strong side. And Enoch Mwamba doesn't play the strong side as it is. So I think this is a move that signals the Argos are going to go younger and could potentially move on from Mwamba. I'm not saying it's totally off the table that he comes back there, but I think he's probably going to have to take somewhat of a reduced salary. As for the quarterback position, Chad Kelly would be the odds-on favorite right now if McLeod Bethel-Thompson does not come back and play football for the Argos. And I think a move that really makes sense, the Tiger Cats aren't going to love helping out a rival, but is Dane Evans, who is under contract with Hamilton, finding his way to the T-dot in some form or fashion. The Tiger Cats are not going to be able to fit his $400,000-plus salary as it currently stands under their cap for the 2023 season. They've already signed Bo Levi Mitchell at over $500,000 for the 2023 season. They've re-signed Matthew Schultz to be the backup there. So it would make a lot of sense for the Argos to get Dane Evans in-house there some form or fashion, whether that's a trade or the Ticats release him and Evans signs with the double blue to have a veteran presence there behind or competing with Chad Kelly, who I think has the potential to be a CFL superstar. Just even from the following off the field hustler, we see it at 3downnation.com. Anything that we've written about Chad Kelly since his appearance in the Grey Cup, that huge run on second and long to set the Argos up to win the CFL title, has done really well. People are intrigued by him. The name is obviously familiar because he's the nephew of Jim Kelly, the Pro Football Hall of Famer who played his entire NFL career with the Buffalo Bills. So there's a lot of intrigue there. And Michael Pinball Clemens admitted to me as much at the winter meetings that they really believe that Kelly can help give this team some juice in terms of getting more people out to BMO Field and watching games. That said... Head coach Ryan Dinwiddie told me that they're not going to hand the job to Kelly if McLeod Bethel-Thompson does not come back up and play for the Argos. So he's going to have to earn it, but that's how I see the quarterback situation as it stands in Toronto. Yeah, he, he certainly has the tools. The question is, does he have the maturity to be a leader of a football team? And uh, I guess time will tell. Just quickly back to that trade for a minute. Why is BC trading Jordan Williams? Well, it's simple. When you look at their roster of Canadian linebackers, they have Ben Haladik, who was a high draft pick that is from that area as well, that played a lot last season, made a bunch of tackles. I think it was over 50 tackles. So they believe he can start in the middle. And then they have Bola Combo at the weak side linebacker position, who is also a Canadian. And yes, you want to have depth there. So Ryder Varga, who's out of the University of Regina, an outstanding young linebacker, is not admittedly yet proven in the pros, but looks like he has all the makings to be a really good one, was signed by the team after he finished his eligibility with the Rams this past season. So that's the reason why 
BC Lions felt like they could make a deal to get a first round pick this year in what they believe is a deep draft and trade Jordan Williams away, who is in the final year of his contract and is definitely going to deserve a pay raise when it's up after the 2023 season. Justin Dunk, a three down nation, breaking down the CFL landscape, heading into the official start of free agency on February 14th. Make sure to go to three down throughout Tuesday and throughout the off season for some of the best coverage around. Um, Let's talk about the Riders. And, I mean, this has been a fun topic for those of us here in Winnipeg uh, to talk about because it seems like they've had plenty of struggles in retaining people, guys going elsewhere. They do apparently have their quarterback, but, man, they had to pay. Trevor Harris bet on himself going to Montreal as a backup and uh, is now cashing in as one of the highest-paid QBs. Thoughts on that and the Riders' situation overall and their challenges going into free agency? Trevor Harris did definitely bet on himself as much as that's become cliche. It's true. And you're right. He went back to Montreal, re-signed last year around this free agent time. That surprised some people, but he took over the job from Vernon Adams Jr., who ultimately got sent out west to the Lions when Nathan Rourke got hurt. And Harris had this team very close to going to a Grey Cup. Now, because of the uncertain ownership situation, Harris was listening to offers elsewhere during this negotiating window, and he's going to get $500,000 to go sign with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Valentine's Day. I believe that will become official, and he's also recruiting guys there already. He's gotten Jake Winnicky, touchdown Jake, who needs to actually regain the rights to that nickname because he didn't score at the rate that he did in 2021, in 2022, but it's a dream situation for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. After Bo Levi Mitchell had his rights traded to Hamilton and then ultimately signed with the Tiger Cats, this was the guy at the top of their list in Ryderville. I don't necessarily think the Riders knew for sure if he was going to come available, but it was the guy that was right ahead of Dane Evans. And I had a hard time seeing Trevor Harris leave Quebec because of his relationship with Jason Moss. He absolutely loves Moss. And Danny Machocha was a guy who decided to go with Harris over Vernon Adams Jr. So there was a lot of relationship equity built up there in Montreal. But because Gary Stern was not a fan of Harris and there was a lot of uncertainty there around that ownership situation, Harris ends up in Saskatchewan. And the Rough Riders management have a couple hands up in the air thanking the heavens for putting Harris there. So uh, what uh, becomes of Cody Fajardo? Based on all that I've heard... Cody Fajardo is an ideal fit with Jason Moss. They have a great relationship from their time together in Saskatchewan, even though there's some people that don't necessarily think Moss's scheme fits Fajardo's skill sets. You know, I would argue that because in 2021, Moss and Fajardo were able to get to the West Final and almost beat Winnipeg Hustler. I'm sure you would have watched that game and probably been there. So that's where I think the most likely destination is for Cody Fajardo at this point. It makes a lot of sense from both sides but the reason that that might not get put pen to paper right away is because of the ownership situation i think there's positive news coming again on that front but i think fajardo is going to have to be patient with the alouettes hey just before we finish up on the cfl and this has just been a great segment justin i have to ask you what uh what's chris jones up to in edmonton um you know, they, <laughs> they signed taylor cornelius sounds like he's going to be back and being the guy um what what should we be expecting from Chris Jones? He does things a little differently than maybe uh, others in the league. Um, they certainly had a lot of needs by the time they finished last season. 
The Elks did, and you're right. Chris Jones does it his own way. Taylor Cornelius is going to be the starting quarterback for that team. Jones is really high on Cornelius because of his athleticism and also just how big he is in the rare arm talent that Edmonton believes he possesses. So they're trying to surround him with playmakers. They have Kevin Brown, the young running back, re-signed at that position. They also re-signed Dylan Mitchell, who was an outstanding receiver as a rookie with the Elks last season. They actually enticed him to stay in Edmonton instead of go try the NFL, giving him some upfront money there. So I think that was a big win. They've agreed to terms with Stephen Dunbar Jr., who was a 1,000-yard receiver in Hamilton last year, catching passes from a number of different quarterbacks there. So they're really excited about adding Dunbar Jr. and his physicality. And Kyran Moore, who is familiar with Stephen McAdoo's offense from their time together in Saskatchewan, especially in 2019, which was a breakout year for Moore, has agreed to terms with the Elks as well. So they're surrounding their young pivot. They're also trying to protect him. And then you look on defense, now they have A.C. Leonard on one edge. They have Jake Ceresna in the middle. He can even play on the edge as well. So Jones is getting that athletic front back together. I think there'll be some other moves there that the Elks will try to make to upgrade their roster overall when free agency officially opens. And I think the Elks are going to be a force at least to be dealt with. They were really competitive at the end of last season, Hustler. So I think adding this new talent, depending how long it takes for Cornelius to get on the same page with some of these receivers, then they could be a team whose arrow is pointing up in the West. Hey, uh, just before we uh, before we break, I got to ask you about the big game on Sunday. You're a quarterback guy. You're rolling with Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs, right, Dunk? Yes, my man. I love that you got the jersey on there. I think he's in this role where the Chiefs are underdogs somehow. There's all this hype about the Philadelphia Eagles, and I get it, but the NFC was nowhere near as strong as the AFC as a conference as a whole to get out of. And I don't care about his ankle. Yeah, it'll bother him a little bit, but look what he did in the AFC Conference Championship game. He's shown that he can play through that, and Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls, man. One won, and the other one he lost to was the GOAT, Tom Brady. So I got to back Mahomes in this spot. I get that Philadelphia's defense is rated number one coming in. But again, a lot of those ratings were backed by games against the NFC Conference. And I think that is a major reason why the Chiefs should be a favorite in this game. I know the line has swung a bunch. And Hustler, you know where the exact line is right now. But I like the value with the Chiefs. Yeah, we'll uh, get to that. We're uh, banging out a bunch of... Uh... Super Bowl content out in the lock shop with Dustin Nielsen yesterday and today. Um, Justin, this has been awesome. Um, quickly fill people in on uh, what you, our buddy John Hodge, and the guys have heading into Tuesday, Valentine's Day, CFL free agency. Well, I can't tell you exactly what we have because we don't know until the news breaks, but we will have up-to-the-minute news at 3downnation.com of every transaction that goes down or agreed to terms before free agency happens. So that's the absolute latest. I wish I could tell you that there was going to be another trade involving a star Canadian linebacker and a first-round pick or something like that. But when we have the news, you know where to go, 3downnation.com. We'll look forward to it. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we'll catch up in the next week or two to uh, see where all the chips lay once uh, the dust settles. Appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl on the weekend. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. There's Justin Dunk. Uh, make sure you're giving him a follow at jdunk12 and check out all of their great work covering the Canadian Football League at 3Down Nation. Uh, all right, Rawiki's on deck. Just before we do that, I mentioned right off the bat, you know, the two years ago today, 
everything shut down over at the old station and uh, Royal Sports has been with us from day one. Um, a special thanks to Greg and Gerald for always being behind what we've been doing here and really dating back to the old days of the NFL Sunday ticket show, believe it or not. Um, listen, Royal Sports has been a perfect partner of ours because if you're a sports fan, you know that Royal Sports is the best store you've probably ever been to in your life. When it comes to licensed merchandise for your favorite teams, Royal Sports has an unmatched selection of National Hockey League, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, International Soccer, and of course the biggest Jets selection around and tons of great Winnipeg Blue Bomber gear as well. And listen, when you're getting on the ice or being active when it comes to soccer, baseball, and of course the biggest hockey section in town, Royal Sports is the leader there as well. Pop down and see them at 750 Pemina Highway and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, guys, if you're looking ahead to 2023 and thinking that you need to up that wardrobe, only one place to go, and that's F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. Custom suits for men beginning at just $400. Incredible custom options with dress shirts, untucked shirts, chinos, golf pants, and more, and the best selection of men's accessories around. And, hey, if you're involved in a wedding party, either yours or Standing up for someone, think about getting your suits for the big day over at F Apparel. You get a great deal and a 15% discount for everyone in the wedding party when you get your suits at F. And if you've got a 2023 grad in the family, get the young man a suit that'll help him out going into the next stage of his life. And you'll get a free custom shirt and tie savings of about $150. It's all down at F Apparel. Check them out online or make an appointment at fephapparel.com. And uh, Jet's just about back on the ice. Well, back on the practice ice uh, pretty much as we speak. Back playing games on Saturday night. And if you're not making it out to the game, you know the best place to watch the Winnipeg Jets is at your local Boston Pizza with the big game on the big screen with big sound. Not to mention big beers, big wings, and gourmet pizzas and all the great stuff you know to expect at Boston Pizza. Heck, if you're staying at home tonight or anytime, you can also order online at bostonpizza.com. Huge thanks to Andrew and the Enrights for being with us from day one as well here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, let's welcome in. Perfect day to have Rewiki. We kind of spent a little time reminiscing about two years ago today. Another 1290 orphan doing a great job in the digital space with uh, with skates and plates. Uh, Ricky, what's going on? What a day it was two years ago today, huh? Yeah, you know, I, I found out about that just before I came on. I, I, I hopped out of the shower and I, I saw an old 1290 shirt. And I thought about putting it on here, but... Um, <laughs> A little, a little smaller, a little tighter than I would have liked. So I, I just went with the, uh, the old long sleeve shirt here. But yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know it was two years. Like I, it's, it's one of those weird things where it feels like it's, it feels like it was yesterday, but it also feels like it was ten years ago. Um, but yeah, good for them. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's about all I can muster for that company. So. Yeah, <laughs> no he doubt actually about didn't it. Know. <laughs> I joked that I didn't know. You, you had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what a uh, what a momentous day it was. And um, listen, it's great to see you doing uh, so much great work, both, uh, you know, with the podcast industry and, of course, a very popular Jets podcast, Skates and Plates. Um, we will talk a little Super Bowl before the end of the segment, but let's start off with hockey. And um, I'm sure you've heard in the last hour or so, Vladimir Tarasenko 
traded to the New York Rangers. Now, Remo, do we have clarity on uh, what the full return on the trade is right now? Yeah, I even made a nice graphic here. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. What an sec. expert. The CTO just, you know, just getting better and better as we get into year get three. You don't get this kind of stuff at Bell Media, I tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, definitely uh, not. Where is it? Let me let me make sure I saved it here. Now, um, you know, you can make a graphic, but then you forget, forget where you put it. <laughs> Say it's, it's not. <laughs> I got too many folders it's, here. It's out there at some point, um, but certainly for the podcast listeners, Vladimir Tarasenko, who had been essentially on the block for the last couple of years, available to the Seattle Kraken for nothing, and not selected, had a huge season last year, um, and then uh, and then now traded. Oh, by the way, huge shout out to Bobby B. Bobby B. with the big super chat. He said, I tried for a 1290 super chat. Thanks, but somehow couldn't make that happen. I doubled <laughs> it for Huss's birthday, but couldn't do the math. Wanted to give a special thanks to Bobby because Bobby, a uh, big supporter of ours, um, just bought a ton of stuff from the Winnipeg Sports Talk store. Hoodies, a mug, some koozies. Bobby, we greatly appreciate that support. Thanks so much. And uh, to everyone that's done that over the last couple of years, check out the website if you want to check it out, winnipegsports.com. Click on the store. Uh, so here it is. As Remo said, in his best Gary Bettman voice, we have a trade to announce. It's Vladimir Tarasenko and uh, Nico Mikola to the Blues for a 2023 first-round pick. Blues will get the later of the Rangers or Dallas first-round pick. Blues are retaining 50% of the salary of Tarasenko and also included in the deal going back to St. Louis, Sammy Blay, Hunter Skinner, and a 2024 fourth-round pick. Um, I don't know much about Mikola, but focusing on Tarasenko, Brandon, uh, what do you think about this deal, the return the Blues got for Tarasenko and the price that the Rangers paid? Yeah, it seems like a fair trade all around. Um, you know, he, like you mentioned there, it's not having the same season that he had last year. But, man, I, I kind of like Tarasenko as a sneaky target for the Jets at the deadline, to be honest. I, I wasn't sure what the price was going to be. Uh, it looks like, you know, roughly a first-round pick and some spare change thrown in there. I mean, could the Jets do better than that? Uh, it'll be tough, especially without giving up a first-round pick. But I, I, I love the fit for the Rangers. I think that's kind of my big takeaway for the trade here. And it seems, you know, totally natural to have Tarasenko essentially one-timing clap bombs from our Tammy Panarin for about 20 minutes a night each and every night for the next couple of months here. So it's a massive hole that the Rangers needed to fill. I think he's a much more impactful player at this point than Patrick Kane as well. So you're going to get somebody that can actually deliver, you know, results that warrant giving up a first-round pick. And then Mikola helps shore up the third pair for them. So... I, yeah, they, I, I like this a lot more for the Rangers than I do for the Blues. But having said that as well, like I, I don't know how much more you were going to get at this point for for a guy in, in Tarasenko who isn't the, the 40 goal scorer that he was in the past. But it's also not going to shock me if he pots 10 this upcoming postseason. Well, and I think it speaks to, and I think we all knew that this was going to be the case after Josh Morrissey put the stake in the Blues a couple Mondays ago here in Winnipeg with that crazy third period comeback. Um I think Armstrong's got a for sale sign up and it is everything must go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I'll give him credit. He knows he's the ultimate poker player. He knows when to hold them. He knows when to fold them. And yep. when he folds them, he cashes in big. And that's why, and that's part of the reason why the blues have been so competitive for so long. And in, in reality, it's why they won the Stanley cup because 
The year before that was when they gave up Paul Stesny, picked up a first, and then parlayed that into Ryan O'Reilly, right? So, yeah, I, I, the Blues clearly aren't going to be done. I imagine they get one more first-round pick for Ryan O'Reilly here. And then, I mean, they might get a, a decent amount for Barbashev, too, who's kind of becoming a pretty popular name over the last little while here. You know, you wonder if St. Louis does anything more than just strip away their, their pending UFAs, but it's kind of refreshing to see a GM look at his team and just be realistic, right? Like, hey, could we squeak in? Maybe, but probably not, but maybe. But what's that going to do, right? This way, it helps the Blues, you know, stay competitive down the road. And you know what? You don't have to turn all these picks into prospects. You can use those as ammo and assets to help the team out and see if St. Louis wants to get back at it again next year. Yeah, you know, it's funny you use that example. Um, You know, I'll compare it to the NFL and the Miami Dolphins. And you remember the draft capital that they got from the Texans for the Laramie Tunsil deal. Yeah. And instead of using all those first-round picks, they traded them all. They got Tyreek Hill. They traded the last one for Bradley Chubb. Um, you know, there, there are different ways of utilizing those first-round picks. That being said, I expect picks in the 2023 draft to be used because the value of these picks, I think is even greater because if you believe what we've heard from the scouts, uh, there is uh, an almost unmatched group of talent coming up. Ben Lawrence. Thanks very much for the super chat, dude. Appreciate it. Ha <laughs> 1290. I see what you did there. Um, but Brandon, uh, we've talked a lot about Timo Meyer. He's number one on everybody's list. The New York Rangers was a team that was commonly linked as being at least very much interested in Meyer. Can we deduce from this trade that you can pretty much take Meyer, take the Rangers out of the Meyer sweepstakes? And maybe that's good for teams like Winnipeg or New Jersey that yeah. still maintain fixated on the guy at the top of the board. Yeah, like I, I kind of wonder, is it? Is it down to two already? I know there's going to be a few other teams. I think, that... there's, I think there's far more. Just the, those three teams we'd heard the most of. We knew Chevy was at the game in Tampa watching San Jose last week. We had Wyshynski on yesterday who said that the Devils are borderline desperate to add a player like that, that they think not only would help them right now, but might have a future long-term with the club. Um, but, I mean, the minute the Rangers, whenever the Rangers are involved in any of those trade rumors – always know that they often are one of the more dangerous teams to be mentioned. And um, I don't know. My first reaction was good. I'm glad they got Tarasenko because maybe that opens the door a little bit more for Winnipeg to get the guy that they certainly have been rumored to have their eyes on. Yeah, but maybe it puts a little pressure on the Devils to go out there and make a move. You, like I don't know how likely a first-round matchup against the Rangers is, but you have to go through the Rangers at some point if you're the Devils. So... Does that amp up the pressure on them a little bit to say we see your Tarasenko, we raise you a Tebow? I, I I don't know. I'm 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 just I'm really fascinated as a whole how just just how rumored the interest is for for Chevy and the Jets on Timo Meyer, especially when you can make the case that you know wing is one of the deeper positions that this this team has right now, especially high end wings, right? Like to have Connor and Ehlers each on separate lines in your top six, it it kind of feels. You know, maybe to a slight extent, a little bit like a luxury buy for the Winnipeg Jets because it's not as pressing as a need. Um, I, If I had to make a prediction, I, I still do think New Jersey comes out on top. There's there's more of a need with the Devils to add another impact piece there. They've got more and better assets, you know, to be honest. And it, it, it seems like a move that kind of fits in nicely with their timeline there. So 
I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I know I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people here in Winnipeg excited and kind of going, you know, Timo Meyer or bust here. I don't necessarily put myself in that bandwagon per se, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens too. If the, you know, the Jets are looking at a pretty monumental upgrade up front, it's not going to be Timo Meyer who that guy could be. Uh, well, exactly. And just quickly back to New Jersey. Um, and I, I still have this feeling that even with the Rangers, if we want to assume that they're out, which I think that they are, uh, I still think that there could be – like I think San Jose is in a great position with Meyer right now. I don't think they're in a rush to do anything. I think they're seeing the needs. And maybe to your point, the desperation on teams like a New Jersey in that division, going to the playoffs, potentially playing the Rangers, needing to sort of match them in the arms race and – by the time Meyer eventually gets dealt, I'm still sort of expecting a somewhat of a bidding war. And I think the Sharks are going to end up with a package that definitely exceeds what Bo Horvat got uh, for Vancouver and what Tarasenko just got for St. Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, what, three, like value-wise, three first-round picks? Like, if it's going to be from Winnipeg, it might not be, you know, actually three first-round picks, but you're probably talking, I mean, this year's first for sure. I would imagine McGrory or Lambert, and then Lucius Hainala, right? Like, I mean, I, it, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be pretty massive. And, and that's, that, that's, I guess that's kind of the big drawback to me, and that's, it, it really is the main question surrounding this is just, you're going to move those assets. Is it better to get somebody up front or is it better to get somebody on the back end? I think that's oh. going to be the, the, the main issue here, right? And um, I, I I personally don't look at this trade for Meyer as quote-unquote Dubois insurance. I think that's uh, that's just not the way I want to attack this deadline. To me, it's let's build the best team right now to take a run at the Stanley Cup. And then what happens in the offseason happens in the offseason. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's going to be hefty. Um, the Jets likely won't be picking tell about the third or the fourth or the fifth round of this year's entry draft if they do something like that. And the the prospect pool is going to get pretty weakened because of it. But, I, yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know what the split would be. Like, if, if Jets fans would rather see forward or defense be the the main target of, of going after an elite or a high-end guy, I, I kind of personally shift a little bit more towards the back end. But, I mean, if plan B is getting – borderline superstar Timo Meyer. then I guess I guess I'll live with Timo Meyer being a Winnipeg Jed for a bit you know what it's a perfect time Remo let's uh, bang out the why not question of the day for our friends over at not Autocorp and get a uh, a, a poll up um what number one target is it on the blue line or is it forward um let us know what you think in the chat oh and speaking of the chat I see T Kona Polly has also dropped a 1290 super chat in <laughs> thanks T Kona he says, I'm in hustle bite, put 20 on the Eagles. Hey, listen, if you want to put 20 on the Eagles, I will definitely take that for you. Earth. Send me a DM and we can, uh, we'll get to that in a minute, uh, in a minute, Brandon. Um, let me ask you this. And I've been talking about this for the last couple days. Um, Jacob Chikrin has been ostensibly mentioned in trade rumors for what, 15 months now? I mean, this is going on more than a year, dating prior to last year's trade deadline. I think this is just Bill Armstrong saying, this is our price and we are not trading this guy until we get it. Or is there more to it why Jacob Chikorin hasn't been moved yet? No, I think it's that. I mean, if you're the Coyotes in this situation, 
losing games is not going to be an issue whether Chikrin's there or he's not, right? Like you're, you're doing a bait on job with him there right now. So there's no need, no concern that, oh no, we might push ourselves to sixth or seventh of the lottery or anything like that. But it's, it's, I, I think it's basically the defensive version of the Matt Duchesne saga from, from a few years back. And every, and they, myself included, I was like, what is Joe Sackick doing? Like you cannot have this guy just sit here month after month after month. Just no one's going to be desperate enough to do it. And eventually it happens. And again, there's a trade that, you know, in a way helped Colorado win a Stanley Cup, right? So I, I think Bill Armstrong's got his price. There's no, he's got all the leverage in the world, right? There's no, there's no massive rush to move him. He can move him if he wants to, you know, this upcoming offseason. And I would imagine he gets the exact same package that he's looking for right now. Maybe even more when, when you know, there's more teams thrown into the mix, right? So I, I think that's the holdup right now. I don't think it's any issue of off-ice stuff or what he's doing out there on the ice because he's killing it lately. I just think it's, look, we're looking for two firsts, you know, whatever else it is in this accept that or we'll just keep our asset and we can talk again sometime after the season's over. Yeah. I, I, I listen, I'm sort of with you. And I mean, the price that we've always heard was being asked for chicken was exactly what you mentioned. Two first round picks, a top prospect, a player. I mean, essentially take these packages and then add a 2024 first rounder. Um, and that obviously is a huge price to pay. That being said, you're also getting Jacob Chikrin for this year's playoffs and two more years at $4.6 million, which within particular windows could work very, very well, including a team like the Winnipeg Jets. Back to the forward group, though. If Dayoff is keyed on adding the best forward he can to the mix, if Timo Meyer's not in it, if they can't match the price, if Jersey goes crazy or one of those other teams and it just doesn't make sense for them, Who's next on the list, Brandon? I mean, if you're if you're Kevin Chevaldeoff, where do you start? Is it a player like O'Reilly, even though the cost is probably more than, you know, like a Jonathan Taves? Or is it some players that maybe we're not hearing as much about, which certainly would be along the Chevaldeoff line of doing things, much like he pulled Paul Stastny out of nowhere at the deadline a few years back? Yeah, I, I would say out of the guys available now that O'Reilly is the, the quote-unquote best one, I mean, he could, he could pretty much anywhere. I mean, I, I don't know how much wing he plays when the chalk maybe can go out there on the wing for a Jets team that also was looking for a guy to win a couple of faceoffs. I think Ryan O'Reilly might have a little bit of history or experience in doing that for for club and country, right? So that yeah. would be a nice little add on there for Winnipeg. I, I I mean, look, he's on again similar to Tarasenko. He's not having the best season, but come on, he's going to win the me? Green Jacket. Yeah, like that, that's the most. <laughs> bizarre thing i mean for a guy that's been con Smythe, selkie all of these things he's played 37 games he has 10 goals 16 points and is minus 28 uh, that is just almost an unfathomable number to be associated with a guy like ryan o'reilly and what he's done throughout his career yeah yeah i, I just look if, if you're telling me that he's going to be that guy come time i think you're crazy like I, he's yeah. just he's going to turn it up and i think in a way to his injury almost kind of helps teams in a way because you're getting a fresh rested guy, right? Like I was at a collarbone or a shoulder. It was, it was something upper body. I thought, um, but I, I, I think to me, he's going to be the, the new number one target for teams up front after, after Timo Meyer. I, I guess if you're asking though, like maybe is there players that might be a better fit or under the radar pickups that, that might be 
sneaky good ads for teams. You know, I, I and again, this depends a little bit on his health too because he's out for the year, but it's out for the year for the playoffs. I kind of like Gus Nyquist as a as a sneaky pickup for the Jets, and that's a team. I mean, look, we know the Jets have a ton of cap space, but he, I I can't imagine the cost there is is really much of anything, right? Like to get a guy like Gus Nyquist for a late round pick, that that might be some savvy business from a team like the Winnipeg Jets there. But then you have somebody that's rested and ready to go for the playoffs. I wonder too, especially guys with bigger salaries that are pending UFAs. You know, Sean Monahan's been pretty good for Montreal this year. And I don't know if he would be a center or a wing target for the Jets, but if you're talking about guys that won't cost you first-round picks but might be able to give you value just a little bit below that, those those are two under-the-radar targets that I'd be pretty interested in if I was Kevin Day off. Hey, speaking of Seabus, um, what do you know about Gavrikov? I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't seen enough of the Columbus Blue Jackets to, to really have a take on this guy. You know, his numbers seem somewhat okay he sounds like a good two-way defenseman i can play big minutes um what do we know about this guy and what sort of a cost do you think it would take to get him out of uh of columbus yeah you know he's i think he's the next in line of the who's that guy that went for a first round pick but having said that as well i also do think he he's better than some of the other defensemen we've seen in trade deadlines past that that, that garner a first round pick back for them I mean, I, I think, look, he's not going to be a game changer. But if your second pair needs a big physical dude, he's a big physical dude that can play on your second pair. And it's not just a guy that, you know, you're throwing out there because he's big. He can actually play hockey. Like he's, I, I think he is a really, really good second pair defenseman. Um, it just has to be the right fit beside him. He's, he kind of reminds me of a less angry Brendan Dillon in terms of, of playing style. You know, he's going to go out there and be physical. It might not be as in your face as as a Brendan Dillon might be. But I, I think I think Gavrikov has a lot of value. But I'm just not willing to give up a first-round pick for him, that's all. So I, I like if, I, if you're looking for a D-man to add to me, you're much better situated either going all in for Chikrin or trying to go bargain shopping for somebody that, you know, maybe has done good on a third pair and you give them more responsibility on the second pair. They can give you, you know, a little bit more value that way. I'm not into the first round pick for a pending UFA defenseman. To me, that's where a lot of teams, uh, a lot of teams start to go sideways in terms of maintaining a yeah. uh, competitive timeline. See Sherratt, Ben to Florida Panthers. Exhibit for, A. Uh, that pick. <laughs> I mean, that that is absolutely Exhibit A. Hey, quickly, what's up with the Flyers? Um, I mean, obviously they're not much. Know. No, but from a trade perspective, I mean, is there <laughs> is there a guy or two there that um, you know, uh, has value and um, you think might get moved? Yeah, uh, JVR will be moved. Uh, the Flyers will retain half his salary, and they'll probably get a second-round pick back. I, I, I don't, I don't like the fit in Winnipeg. I don't uh, like he's he's really at this point a complimentary scorer who's just going to do his work on. I think if you need power play help, he can help you out there in terms of a net front guy. But he just there's not a whole lot else in his game that would get me excited about him as a as a potential addition. So I think we see. I think we see JVR get moved. I think we see Justin Braun and then maybe Nick Sealer as as depth defensemen get moved. I'm not going to be overly shocked if we see Kevin Hayes trade. And I do, and I've wondered about this for a while, but I, I wonder, I wonder if a hometown coming back home to Boston might not be a nice fit for both sides there. I mean, obviously, 
Remo's telling me haste to the haste to the Jets 2.0. Let's get that going. Back. Um, but but I, know, I, I that I, worked I, out the first time. Yeah, yeah, you said coming home. I thought you meant coming home to the Jets. That was my first thought. Here's my Boston. I would I would love I would love to hear the convo of of Chuck Fletcher to Kevin Hayes saying, you know, Kev, I know you got a no trade no move. You want to do Winnipeg one more time? I, I would love to see what that conversation would be like. But I mean, the Bruins are really like they're all in it for this year. Like it's it's this year or bust. And it, I mean, it sounds like Bergeron, Krejci aren't going to be back next year. You know, maybe Kevin Hayes in a way can help you a little bit in terms of of trying to stay you know more competitive for next season. The Flyers would retain I don't know two two and a half three million dollars in salary there. And you know, as as bad as the contract is, I mean. <laughs> He didn't make the all-star team this year. Like there is a good player in there with Kevin Hayes. It's just, and we, I think we all saw this from day one, the marriage between him and Tortorella was never going to work. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's likely, but I'm not going to be stunned if we see Hayes moved out of Philly. I mean, I think Provorov is going to be on the block. I don't think the Flyers are, you know, actively, you know, we're trading him at the deadline best offer gets some sort of a thing. Right. I think, they're going to shop him, see if anybody's interested, and then make a decision with that. Um, I, I think the same might be said for Scott Lawton. I think Scott Lawton would be a great fit here in Winnipeg. I just don't know how motivated the Flyers are going to be to move him unless they get a big package back. All right, Brandon Rowick is with us. B, cannot have you on the program today without talking about Sunday and the big game. I think everyone knows I'm Chiefs guy, you're Eagles guy. How are you feeling going in? What do you make of the matchup? I mean, this is an incredible matchup of two, the two best teams all season long. Give us your thoughts on Super Bowl Sunday and uh, whether it'll be the Birds or the Chiefs holding the Lombardi. So I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing we're in the same boat here. And this is weird because I think both fan bases are feeling the same way. Like, are you cautiously optimistic about the matchup? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean. I think that's what every, but that, it's so weird that I think Chiefs fans are thinking that way, and I think Eagles fans are thinking that way. They're they're kind of both right in a way. Well, both of these teams, to be honest, have given their fans every reason. I mean, man, when you look at what these teams have done so far this year, they're both sixteen and three. They both scored five hundred and forty six points. They both have six All Pros. They both have a quarterback there. I mean, it's crazy how similar they are amongst the numbers. Although when you look at the actual two football teams. It really does seem like the Eagles have an advantage, some would say significant advantage, at a few positional areas. But certainly the most important spot, the quarterback, is Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid, Andy Reid's experience and learning some things the hard way as opposed to the young upstart in Nick Sirianni. I mean, it's just a fascinating matchup. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, I just, I, I don't think... I really don't think this goes any other way than it being a one score game late in the fourth quarter. Agreed. And then it's, you know, essentially whatever happens from there. <laughs> like, I, I think it's kind of foolish to predict the outcome or, you know, the score, things like that. I, I just think, I just think it matters to who has the ball late and which guy's going to go out there and make a play. I, I would say from the Eagle side of things, if they, if they double Travis Kelsey and the banged up, you know, kind of patched up, no-name receiving core that that Casey has goes out and beats them. Then you tip your cap to Mahomes and Reed, and you say, "Hey, you know what? You got us." Like that—that's kind of my own, like that's my only hope with this matchup from from the Eagles' side of things is like just don't let Kelsey go wild. 
Like that would just infuriate me beyond. And I know it's easier said than done. But talk to Jags that, fans after he had yeah, fourteen yeah, catches yeah. in the divisional round. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But it's like go go out of your way to shut down Travis Kelsey, and then whatever happens at that point happens. I I, I think too, I, I wouldn't mind an ISO cam on Chris Jones versus um, Jason Kelsey as well. Oh. You know, another Kelsey like right like I mean two Hall of Fame talents going to toe to toe all night long. There, there's just so many damn good players playing in this game. Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic the same way you're cautiously optimistic. By the way, the uh, not que- not autocore question of the day, uh, is the Jets' number one target, should it be forward or defense? 53-47 forward. So um, he couldn't have a much more split fan base when it comes to uh, comes to that target. All right, before we go, your podcast, and everyone should be, following it and listening to it on a regular basis with a lot of great stuff, jet stuff is called skates and plates. Let's focus on the thing that is really important on Super Bowl Sunday, the plates portion of yeah. it. What's on the menu, Rewiki? Give us a couple go-tos for you for Super Bowl Sunday if you're really doing it up. Where uh, where are you going when it comes to the plates portion of Sunday's festivities? So I'm so glad you asked yes. because I, I, to me, to me, there is, you have like your core pieces that you have to have or else the, the Super Bowl party is going to suck. To me, wings have to be a part of it. I think you need a hot and a cold dip and then an assortment of deep fried goodness. I think as long as you have those things, you can kind of, you know, add, take out, you know, add your own flavor to it, your own spin to it. I, to, to, but to me, as long as you have that as your as your like ten commandments, if you will, then things are going to turn out just fine. Um, I, I'm actually thinking of I've I've been craving. I, I might try to do like a, a creamy harissa chicken wing. I, I think that I think that's going to be a nice like play. I am, I am not familiar. Buffalo. I'm not familiar with the creamy harissa. Please do tell. Har- har- yeah, harissa is basically just like. A chili, chili paste, chili blend from kind of like the Middle East, Mediterranean sort of vibe there. Um, so instead of just going pure buffalo, throw in some harissa paste and then maybe some yogurt. You got yourself like a creamy, Ooh, a creamy. That sounds like a couple flavor. things that I had in Qatar, to be honest with you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, you, you were right there. You were right there. Big um, Middle East guy. Big Middle East guy. Yeah, I could, I could tell. Um and then, yeah, I, look, you can't go wrong. If, if you put cream cheese, sour cream, and then basically whatever your favorite ingredients are into a bowl and then bake, you're, you're going to be just fine. So so whatever that is, just put that together, and you'll probably be the hit of the party. You know, I have seen some pretty cool uh, videos online of different variations of sliders. And yet again, again, these are things like I always say, oh, I'd love to make that, but I'm not just making it for myself. But if you're getting together with a bunch of people and you get those buns, you cut them all in, put something on, cook them together. Like sliders, completely elite when it comes to it. And if done well, um, I mean, there's so many different options you can make that um, I think will be a big hit at the party. Sliders are a great call, right? Like have a slider bar. There's, There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, my, my go-to, I think too, is the jalapeno popper. Like that's, I, I get if, if other people don't like it, but to me, that's like a must have. Like if I have wings, jalapeno popper, and then a couple of dips mixed in, we're going to be just fine. Um, I, I'm normally a big veggie guy. Like I, I eat vegetarian most of the time. Obviously. But this, this is, yeah. 
yeah, as you can tell by my physique. Um, but but to me, this is the one the one day of the year that the veggies, unless you're deep fried for about five six minutes, hit, hit the sidelines, take a lap, kid. This this, this is the time for for cheese and deep fried goodness. Um, you got to skates and plates before the uh, before the weekend. Will you be touching on some of these topics? Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. I, I, I maybe I'll just go ahead and unveil my my game day menu. Um, and then if anybody has any questions about what to do with theirs, I'd be more than happy to give some some answers that people may or may not want to hear. Um, but but the episode's mainly going to be about it's our our dream trade deadline for the Jets. So if everything goes according to plan what the roster would look like for a playoff push this year and how they can get it done. So. Who's going to play with McDavid? Who's going to play with McDavid? McDavid? Like, do you do Ehlers McDavid or do you do Ehlers and Tate Thompson? I, I don't know, but that's for that, that's why Bones gets the big bucks, right? Oh, Brandon, listen, enjoy Super Bowl weekend. Uh, let's hope for a great game. I know we're on different sides. It should yep. be fun. It's a great, great conversation, though. Bottom line, I know you'll be eating well. Look forward to the next edition of Skates and Plates, and uh, we'll uh, have a couple more weeks to chop up this trade talk around the National Hockey League. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. All the best. See you Sunday, and we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Yes, happy anniversary, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's Brandon Rewicki. Make sure you're following and uh, – getting skates and plates wherever you get your favorite podcasts um you know we kind of having a little bit of fun of the uh you know the the fact that this is two years ago since the station shut down but um cannot be appreciative enough of the uh sponsors that have stepped up and have continued to support us as uh, we've grown here at winnipeg sports talk and certainly one of those is Princess Auto. I mean, Princess Auto with what they do in our community. I mean, coast to coast, a massive company, but headquartered right here in Winnipeg and uh, huge sponsors of uh, our top curling teams, curling across the country, the Bombers and the Gold Eyes, and your boys here on WST. And, of course, you already know that Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is over at Princess Auto. You can pop down and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Um, the great people, the Stewart family and the gang over at Cullen Water, another group that has been with us, um, really got on board shortly after we began and have stayed with us throughout the last couple of years. We couldn't be more appreciative and uh um, certainly, I think that you know, if you have water needs, you probably know that the Culligan experts are the people that have been doing it and doing business here in Winnipeg for over 65 years as a family-owned business. And they've got it all for you and your family. Water softeners, filters, reverse osmosis, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them in person at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 or check out everything they can do for you and your fam online at drinkculligan.com. And uh, again, not quite the anniversary that you usually cheers to, but we will cheers for the great folks at Canadian Club who've supported us for the last couple of years and continue to be the official spirit and official sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So uh, if you're looking to get some of the good stuff on the weekend for the big game, make sure to pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and make it Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. 
Canadian club. And don't forget, it might not be summer, but you can still get those delicious pre-mixed cocktails. The Canadian club and ginger ale actually had one last night. Phenomenal. Might be a great addition to the Super Bowl party. You can pick those up as well at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here in a minute. We are going to speak with Nolan Baumgartner in just a second. But Reem, after we got to that last topic with Brandon, I did not want to get into Bomber and bring him in before talking to you. You've got an interesting history of Super Bowl parties, often doing somewhat of a potluck with your buddies, I remember. And... uh were you not the guy that would just go and get a sack of McDonald's cheeseburgers to add to the mix, or was it Taco Bell? Oh, I never did that, but yes. We used to have like an epic Super Bowl party. Then everyone got old and had kids, and there was a pandemic, so I'm now not you sure. You guys don't even watch the game. Yeah, now we don't even watch football <laughs> anymore. Does, don't even doesn't even register. You're, just, yeah, you're just checking your DraftKings lineups while you know carrying up, like yeah, well, shaking it, a baby. I'm walking around. I got one one arm with a baby, one arm checking my lineups. That's how usually I watch football now. But our party, yeah, with someone would always go to like McDonald's or you know you can go to Dairy Queen, go to any fast food place, and you cut them up into like mini sliders. Someone brought would buy like a bucket of chicken. Uh, Taco Bell would always be there, but you know we'd make stuff. I'd bar- I would I would be the guy to bring a veggie tray. My wife thinks you need to have. Uh, vegetables, so we would have a veggie tray with with dips. There'd be dips. The veggie Hustler. tray guy. What did we do? We'd have. Ever, uh, did you get booed when you walk in? People are like, no, what you, the people. Come on! People are love are love the veggie tray. You need to have some variety, Huss. It can't all be stuff that's gonna make you uh, sit on the toilet for a while after. So uh, <laughs> you gotta have good some good healthy food there uh, for some you know some variety. Uh, so I'm not sure I'm. I think I do agree. I like to have wings. I'm a big wing guy, although they do get messy. And there's, there's a lot of garbage, you know, with the bones and all that. But, um, well, uh, yeah, speaking I, of wings, but for a minute, and I mm-hmm. heard this, and I, 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 I'm sorry I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but another great local business, Little Bones Wings. And if you've ever had them, they're awesome. They've actually got a spot out in Transcona connected to oh geez the royal george hotel if i'm not mistaken where you can actually go in and get them um but he was mentioning that the super bowl the demand for chicken wings in and around the super bowl is so taxing on the supply chain that it often takes weeks and maybe even more than months for prices to come down for wings after um after super sunday um so there is challenges in the wing industry, but um, you definitely need to have a good selection of wings as a starter, as Ruiki has just dropped when it comes to uh, Super Bowl food and Super Bowl fare. And I saw uh, Boy Bruce drop in chat, just go with a big stack of DQ burgers, or the DQ stack burgers. Amazing choice. And uh, as we get closer to Super Sunday, Maybe if you really want to step up, do a blizzard cake or a DQ ice cream cake to bring to the party. That will set your, put it this way, people will like it a lot more than a veggie tray. Just, just a hunch. Um, you can kick, hit, hit them up at DQ Manitoba on Instagram, at DQ Manitoba, if you do want to get maybe a Chiefs-themed cake or an Eagles-themed cake if you're, if you go that way, um, and of course, you can pop by your local DQ, Nick and Nikki DQ, four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, or DQ St. Anne's. Stock up on some goodies. It'll make your Super Sunday that much better. And hey, while we're talking about your Super Spread, 
Got to have some cold ones. And then when we're talking beer, nothing, nothing quenches the palate like the ultimate Winnipeg local beer. 1919 from Little Brown Jug. Had a couple 1919s with Gold Eyes GM Andrew Collier looking ahead to the next season yesterday. It was great to see him. And um, obviously, whether you're out of fine restaurants and bars that carry 1919, Manitoba Liquor Mart's Little Brown Jug itself down on William Avenue or any vendor or place that sells good beer. You can grab 1919 and the new Good Times Variety Pack with four amazing new Little Brown Jug offerings. And uh, again, go to littlebrownjug.ca if you want to get an order in right now for citywide delivery before the big game. All right, still got more to get to. We'll let you know about these Jets tickets for the game on Saturday night. But first, let's welcome in Moose assistant coach, Manitoba Moose legend, and now American Hockey League Hall of Famer, Nolan Baumgartner, to talk about going into the hall and a little bit more on the Moose right now on WST. Bomber, great to have you back, and congratulations. You are a Hall of Famer inducted <laughs> into the AHL Hall of Fame in the last few days. Um, how, how did it go? Uh, it went great. It was uh, a really good time. Wife and son were able to make it there. Uh, I had some friends there. It was, uh, you know, Mike Keen was there, a guy that I played with, roomed with. Uh, it's been really big in my career, so it was nice to have him there. It was just a great, uh, it was a great day of celebrating uh, to be able to to, to take part in and, and uh, have those people there. It was awesome. How um listen, I mean, we of course have known uh, about what you've done both at the AHL level, the NHL level, um, through your stints with this organization as a player a couple times now as a coach. How did it all come together? How did you find out who told you? And what was your reaction when you found out you were going into the American League Hall of Fame? Well, I, it was over probably almost a year and a half ago. I got a call from uh I was in a meeting, I was in Vancouver, uh, we were getting ready for practice and my phone kept going off with a number and I just kept, you know, sending it to do not disturb, do not disturb. And it kept calling back. So I finally answered. It was Scott Housen uh, phoning to inform me. And he told me, and I, it, it caught me off guard. Uh, I was, you know, totally taken aback, uh, but very honored, uh, hung up, went back in the meeting. And then it didn't set in until uh, a little bit later that, you know, wow, this is uh a huge, a huge accomplishment, a huge, a huge honor just to, you know, you're going into a, the Hall of Fame in the American Hockey League. And, you know, just after I got to look back and reflect on it over the year and think about just all the people and that are involved in your career that you meet along the way, the cities, the teams you play for, the staff, the staff members of teams you play for, and, and you know, the teammates, uh, that you had uh, throughout all those years. There were so many, um, you know, it was just uh, incredible. Just all the, you know, the perseverance that you, you had to go through and the, the good times, the bad times. I mean, such learning experiences. And, uh, you know, I think I talked about it in my speech there. It was so, uh, it was so gratifying to be able to go through that and, uh, and now be in the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I, um, I mean, you couldn't, they, they could not have found a more deserving um, person to go in and congratulations to you. I mean, I remember you as a, you know, guy that first came to the moose and made such a big impact and, you know, then had a great time, you know, moving up and being a regular in the national hockey league and then coming back as the captain of the Manitoba moose. But, you know, as someone that, you know, was a first round draft pick, 
um, that, you know, went down early on. I'm interested in what you remember about, you know, having that first conversation that you were going to the American Hockey League and what you learned in the A from maybe some veteran players or in that situation that made you into the player that had the length of a career that you had that contributed to so many teams and now ended up in the hall. Well, I think like any player, it's a disappointment. You know, you, you work all summer and you, you drive and your your goal is to make the NHL roster out of training camp that year. So obvious disappointment when you, you get told that you're going down. But, uh, you know, I was always taught and my, my parents taught me this, that, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what happened to you. Like why, you know, why were they sending you down? And what do you got to work on? There's obviously something and that's what, you know, you go down, you put your nose down and you work and you get better at your deficiencies uh, and try to and go about it that way. And then and that's, you know, year after year, you learn different things. There's, uh, you know, there's some older players on the team that have gone through it and they talk to you. The coaches have a big role in that, especially uh, in the in the minor leagues. They pull you in, you know, they tell you. They also have the meeting with you, and they they tell you what you need to work on and 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 uh, what you got to get better at, and then they work with you, and that's how that's just how it went. You just can't go down. I think the big message is, you know, nowadays for our guys, I just it's you just can't come down and sulk because you're going to lose time, and there's always guys coming, and uh, you know what you know is it does it make you does it make you better to sit there and and hang your hang your lip and, and cry about it or are you just going to go and, and work and get yourself there and be a good teammate and respect everybody uh and get yourself going and then and then get yourself back up there because there's uh there's things that you can't control and there's stuff that's out of your control but you can what you can control is your work ethic and your attitude and i think that's a big message for these guys you know, Nolan, I mean, you played for a number of teams. Your longest term tender of service was uh, here in uh, Winnipeg with the Manitoba Moose on a couple of uh, couple of stints. I mean, when you look back at your time in the American Hockey League, what was the best team that you played on? What was the real highlight from a team perspective as, um, uh, you know, you, you went through the years? Well, there's a few great teams that I played on. I think the one year is the year that we went to the the Calder cup final here obviously that what a team, team that was yeah i mean we had an incredible team incredible group of guys um you know it was uh it's a good feeling i guess as a player like most nights when you go into games you just you know you're gonna win it was just one of those teams that that we had that feeling we had great leadership on the team uh, a lot of guys in there man we you know we used to practice extremely hard against each other and i think that's what made us so good is that we practice like that and then we go into games and, and we played the same way we practice so that team that year was uh was great we had uh we were coached great and you know we played great it's too bad it didn't work out in the end um you know that still stings to this day but uh what an experience just to, that whole year going through those playoffs uh you know just the atmosphere here in the city uh, at the arena during those games was incredible. Uh, no, I'll uh, I'll always remember that. And in fact, that was the first the first ever shows of Hustler and Lawless as a daily show. Our first one ever was actually down at the rink as you guys were taking on Hershey in that final. But I do remember that year vividly. And you know, of course, Arnie was the head coach, a fifty win team, 
And there's two guys I wanted to ask you about, you know, being both teammates and I think guys you were close to. Jason Jaffrey, who was such a big part of a number of those teams and a teammate of yours for a long time and, you know, really a big part of the Moose. And then a guy that was there for your induction and a guy that's involved in the organization now, Mike Keene, and what he brought to the team, but also helped a player like you even a little more advanced in your career. Yeah, well, Jaff, I mean, uh, I mean, the biggest thing I could say about him as a competitor and uh, he's one of those guys I'm talking about in practice, you know, like he would always, he'd bury a goal in a, in a three on two or a three on three and he'd let you know about it, you know, and then it was the next time like, okay, it's on now. And uh, you know, we, have, whatever, you play three on three down low during practice, five on five. I mean, he's, you got to have your head up. He's hitting you. And that's kind of just the way everybody was on the team, but he was a, a fierce competitor. I mean, he scored some huge goals in that playoffs for us. But he had a hat trick maybe in the one game against Hershey. I can't remember. I, it was one of the series. I believe he had a hat trick and won the game for us. Um, you know, just an ultimate competitor, but a great teammate at that too. Leader in the room. Uh, great guy around the guys. A lot of respect for everybody. Um, just a good guy. We still keep in touch to this day. Um, and those are the things that, you you know, your teammates that you come out and you have friends for life. Uh, with Keener, um, I don't know, it's Everything's been said about him, right? Three-time Stanley Cup champion, played in the NHL for forever, was a walk-on, uh, captains of teams, and then he comes back and plays in the American Hockey League because for the love of the game, for one, but then for the love of just competing and showing other guys how it's done. And, you know, just his friendship, uh, not only that, but his mentorship has meant at the world to to me and my family his family is great uh he's a family man too and he just shows you how it's done doesn't matter on the ice off the ice uh complete leader and uh i'm 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 definitely a better person i was a better player and a better person for having played with him well and, and i mean the effect and i mean you had that effect i think on a lot of people through your tenure um you know with the moose and on other teams but I do remember when Keener came here in that 05-06 season after, what was it, 15 years in the National Hockey League, and a lot of people were kind of like, oh, why is he doing it? And he didn't just do it there. He played five seasons um, and, you know, got you guys to within a couple wins of a, of a championship. I mean, it really was a special team with a lot of special players on it. And, of course, um, so many people contributed to it. I will ask you this. I mean, we often talk about the best players. Who was the funniest teammate? I mean, who was the guy when you think back, whether it was with the Moose or with one of the other guys, when you look back at that Hall of Fame career, huh. is there one Is there one or two characters that stand out that uh, will always put a smile on your face when the name's brought up? Well, we had a team the one year, uh, might have been after that. I think it was, we had guys like Travis Ramsey, Mark Flood, Don Weller, uh, we had a good team that year. I think Alex Bolduke was still on that there. Um, man, Eddie Lack. I just Eddie. that team. It, it was it, like we after games. I mean, you know, we'd win a game, and you'd come in, and we had this one. We had uh, what this one win song by LMAFO. I think the band was. It was the you know the one where they they're dancing around the street, and the guy's got a garbage can on his head. We come in after games after a win, and they put that on, and guys, 
you know, Travis Ramsey would be just in his jock with a guard. He cut holes in a garbage can. And he had it on his head. They were dancing around the room. Like, th that group of guys was so fun. It wasn't just one guy. It was, like, the whole group together. Um, Close-knit team, you know. And, and uh, we went on to do all right. We got into the playoffs, and and uh, we won a series there. And eventually, I think we lost to Hamilton that year. But uh, just a great group of funny, funny group of guys. Well, listen, you were a part of some amazing teams here in Manitoba with the Moose, and I know everyone that's had any piece of Moose hockey over the years is incredibly happy for you going into that AHL Hall of Fame. Uh, moving on from the accolades this week, it's back to work this weekend. Uh, how are things going with the team right now? You're right back into it coming out of this break with a couple big games on Friday and Saturday on the road. Yeah, well, you know what? We're doing good. I think uh, it's going to be a dogfight to the end. If you look at the standings, uh, especially in our division, it just seems like every night uh, there's, a, there's a jumble there of teams, and there's just yeah, there's point, get, teams are getting points every night, going into overtime, winning games, tying games. There's teams winning in shootouts all the time. So uh, we just we have to try, if you look at our win-loss record and the way we've been going, we have to try to string you know, four or five together. We've just been winning one, losing one. You lose one, you, you win one. So we can't, uh, we're aware of that. We can't continue to do that. So we got to try to string some together. But, uh, you know, the development of some of the players right now is, is, is going well. I think, uh, you know, we're getting to that grind of the season. We're just past the halfway point now, I believe. And, and uh, this is where it gets tough. Teams start to get really good. Uh, you know, and the guys have to really bear down. Can't get tired. We've got to go out there, uh, work as hard as we can. And, and uh, we're getting some good efforts from some guys. Uh, some guys that struggled early. They might uh, first, second-year guys. They're starting to come now. They're starting to play. Uh, they're really understanding the league. And I really, our last three games, we talked about it as a staff right after the last Milwaukee game. And really, we... We deserved a better fate in those two games, we believe. Uh, but we we played the right way. We really played how we're supposed to play, right down from the goalies right through to the top guys. And uh, the structure was there. We played hard. And we really, you know, I hate to say it if someone's listening in Milwaukee, but I thought we dominated the game, the last game. We really did. And uh, that's the way we got to play. And hopefully we can carry that uh, out of this break and, and uh, come out Friday the same way. Well, yeah, a couple games on the road uh, and, and a big homestand coming up beginning on the 15th of next Wednesday. Uh, but, Nolan, very strangely, you guys have to resume a game on Monday. Um, we talked about that a little bit. I didn't really know a lot of the details of it, but sort of a bizarre situation that has added on a little bit to this road trip. And, as I understand, you're going to be picking up where the game left off with what half of a power play left to begin a period. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh it'll definitely be an odd uh, situation. Uh, but yes, we have to go back to Toronto. Um, a lady had a cardiac event uh, in our game in Toronto and uh, we decided not to finish the game. It was after the first period. So we ended the first period. I think we have 29 seconds left on the power play. And uh, we'll continue that on, on this upcoming Monday uh, back in Toronto. So it's going to be a two-period game. And, um, but, hey, we got to get the guys' mindsets right. Like, we need those two points, so we got to try to come out and win that game. And then obviously back home for some home cooking, a, what, a nine-game or eight-game homestand beginning on the 15th. Make sure to be tuned in to Winnipeg Sports Talk next week on the show. We'll have some tickets to get out and see the moose. And uh, 
hopefully get on a bit of a roll at home and uh, solidify that playoff spot and get ready for what hopefully will be a great run of uh, experience development and uh, a lot of wins for the Manitoba Moose. Nolan, thank you again for doing this. And once again, congratulations on being named to the American Hockey League Hall of Fame. Incredibly deserved. And uh, for all your contributions just here in Manitoba, but as well elsewhere in the league. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you at the rink real soon. Good luck to the Moose as well. All right. Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. All right, great stuff with our guy, Nolan Baumgartner. Caught up with Bomber after yesterday's show before the Moose hit the road today uh, out to Grand Rapids. And then, yeah, that bizarre resumption of that game in the second period on Monday uh, before the Moose begin a big homestand here in the peg at Canada Life Centre. All right, we got to do cool bet lines. And speaking of lines, we've got lines from Jets practice. But I promised you... We do a jet ticket giveaway. I got to give a shout out to my friend at Ra Rob from uh, one of my favorite spots, the Wind City Pub. Got a couple seats for the game. Going to be away, so uh, let's send somebody from Winnipeg Sports Talk to that 9 p.m. game, just to give you plenty of time to get ready for puck drop. Um, Remo is going to open it up right now in chat. When you see the, there it is. Um, so basically what you need to do, if you're able to go to the game, please, if you can't go on Saturday night, don't go in. I want to get these tickets to someone that can actually use them. Uh, put in exclamation mark tickets. We'll give you a few minutes to do that while we uh, hit the cool bet lines and the jet lines, and then we'll finish it up with a uh, wheel of winners heading into a big Friday show when Remus is going to hold it down for me as I'll be, uh, I'll be in transit. So exclamation mark tickets for those uh, tickets from WST for Saturday night's game up in the upper bowl. Um, Remo, hey, before we get to uh, cool bet lines, we've got lines from Jets practice as the team is back together and back on the ice getting ready for that 9 p.m. game against the Hawks Saturday night. Well, feels like so long since we've had some, like, lines that we can read out. I'm, like, salivating. This is, feels like um, October now or September when they're coming back. Uh and you finally get those first, like, dose of lines. Oh, baby. Okay, before I read them, I do want to give a shout-out to Derek Schmidt, who did give five uh, gifted memberships. Thanks, in the, Derek. In the chat. So shout-out to Derek, uh, giving five different people that micro that colored microphone beside their name. And you know uh, what? And shout-out to everyone that uh, supports us uh, as uh, a member of the channel. Um, certainly helps us uh, with some equipment costs. And, again, it's 2 bucks a month. But you do get those cool emojis Yes. that Remus has put forth. So uh, check that out. If you haven't already, check out being a member. It's another great way to support Winnipeg Sports Talk. We greatly, uh, greatly appreciate it. So uh, Billick, Mike, all the guys are down at the rink racing to drop line combos at today's practice, Reem. Yeah, Russ says in chat, if you're salivating, I think you're doing it wrong. I think you missed, if you're not salivating, you're doing it wrong. I think you missed a word there, Russ. Uh, Ehlers, Shafley, Wheeler, Connor Dubois, Perfetti. Baron, Lowry, AJF, that's actually Anson Fialbi, Gagne, Stanlin, Appleton, who's back in a regular jersey, um, and Saku Minalainen, he's the odd man out. Morrissey, Pionk, Sandberg, Dillon, Stanley Schmidt, Capo Bianco's the extra, no DeMello or Gustafson. What does Carson Kuhlman uh, have to do to get a, get a note on that? Um, oh, yeah, he says, <laughs> Billig adds, for now, assume DeMillo goes to IR to make room for Appleton because he's got to be activated. Kuhlman's also there. Billick just forgot him. He's just not on a line, so that sounds like a bad spot 
to be in where they don't even re- see you when they're tweeting out the lines. So, uh, well, so yeah, interesting that Menelaine, and, and I think that he would probably go in and out for Gagne. Although, I mean, they certainly have played Carson Kuhlman in a lot of different spots right now, and maybe he would be a guy that might be ahead of those. Bottom line is it's nice for the Jets to be getting relatively healthy, see Appleton get back, and uh, we'll see whether he starts with Stenny and Sam Gagne on the fourth line for uh, the game on Saturday night. Again, if you just popped in here, we do have a pair of tickets to give away. We'll do the Wheel of Winners. You have to be subscribed to the channel, by the way, so if you're in the contest, even if you're not, do us a favor, hit that red subscribe button. And uh, while you're at it, let's get the thumbs up to 200 for the show today with over 330 people in chat right now. Just hit that thumbs up. Um, nice to see Schwielers back together. And listen, I thought it was only a matter of time before Connor and Dubois resumed playing together, Reem. And I think this is a good time to kind of get back to a couple lines that more often than not have been pretty strong for the Jets so far this year after that 11-day break. Yeah, remember those crazy lines they threw out in the first for that whole almost the whole game against St. Louis then they changed it up. It was it was wild. They were just really spreading the wealth out and you thought, "Oh, this isn't going to last for that long." It lasted longer than I thought it did, but they seem to be going back to what worked. Look, these guys are familiar with each other. They want to put skilled players together to make uh skilled plays. Um so I like uh, I like what's going on here with these lines, and we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, Saturday. Yes, indeed. And, of course, <clears throat> we will have more on that tomorrow. Billick will join the program uh, with Michael tomorrow and get the latest from uh, today's practice, tomorrow's practice, and a look ahead to the resumption of the schedule for the Jets and uh, the beginning of the final 30 games of the season. Well, we hit those lines well, we give you an extra minute or two to put in exclamation mark tickets. If you want to get in on the ticket draw, make sure you're subscribed. Let's get to the cool bet lines for tonight. And, uh, man, Remo, for the first time in a long time, we got a big, big slate of games. I guess we did have five the other night. Seven on the slate tonight. Starting off in Detroit, the Calgary Flames continue their road trip to take on the Detroit Red Wings. Calgary coming off that wild game at MSG a couple nights ago. Minus 153 favorites in Detroit. Detroit, a home dog at plus 130. Paul Maurice's Panthers probably feeling pretty good about themselves after pumping the lightning earlier this week. They're at home. Minus 203 favorites to the San Jose Sharks. Might Kevin Dayoff be at that game after seeing the Sharks play in Tampa? I guess we'll see scout and GM watches on in press boxes around the NHL. Uh, Kraken and Devils in Jersey, New Jersey. Minus 137 favorites against the Kraken, who got uh, shut out coming out of the break against the New York Islanders earlier this week. Um, Edmonton had that big win. They continue to roll, beating uh, Detroit. Now they're in Philly to take on the Flyers. Edmonton, minus 178 favorites. Flyers, plus 150 home dogs. The Lightning... Um, they had that horrible game against the uh, the the, pa- the Panthers, played against the Sharks. Now it's the Colorado Avalanche. I know uh, everyone else in the Central would love to see the Lightning get back in the win column tonight. Tampa minus 138 faves at home. Colorado plus 118 Road Dogs. Two other games tonight. The Vancouver Canucks continue their time in the NYC area. Taking on the Islanders. Vancouver a plus 185 dog. Islanders 2-0 after the break with Bo Horvat. Minus 225 favorites. And the final game on the docket, the Minnesota Wild. 
taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, Minnesota minus 115 faves. Vegas just around even money at minus 102. And one more time, let's check out the Super Bowl line right now. The Chiefs and the Eagles, 5.30 p.m., Sunday afternoon. No movement on the line whatsoever. We did have Pat Gregoire from Cool Ben on. The exposure certainly is on the Eagles. I'm not sure whether that's going to move the line at all or whether we'll have a bunch of public money coming in on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs before the game. Bottom line is right now the Eagles still one-and-a-half-point favorites. As far as the money line goes, minus 120 for the Eagles to win, plus 103 for the Chiefs. Now, we did our player prop show in the lock shop today. Tomorrow is the game picks and more props for the teams. Make sure to go to Lock Shop Bets on uh, YouTube. Give us a sub there and check out all of our content. And uh, also follow Lock Shop Bets on Twitter. Got some great stuff for you for the Super Bowl and a couple really fun shows heading into the big game on the weekend. Um, Remo, are, are you are you riding with the, the Chiefs or Eagles, or have you decided yet? I haven't decided. I might um, I might tell you I have riding with the Chiefs, but then bet on the Eagles in my personal time just for the <laughs> no, show. I can't say. I can handle it. I don't. I don't mind it. I in fact love. I love it. Everyone was on Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs came through. I'm. I'm. I have no issue whatsoever with so many people picking the uh, picking the picking the Eagles. What I am excited, though, tonight, speaking of cool bet, is whether, like, I guess I should just tell everyone this now. I got the script at the start of the year. <laughs> you got the, Yeah, you got the script? I got the script, and that's why I'm going to be cashing a G-note on Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP tonight, and that's why I've got the Chiefs at 11-1 to preseason to win the Super Bowl tonight. So I don't want to be spoiler guy, but um, I got the script. It's the way it's going. So, listen, I hope I have the script. The script is for the Chiefs to win on Sunday. Uh, and, again, I think there's about 700 different markets right now on different wagers you can make for the big game on Sunday. So check out today and tomorrow's lock shop and head on over to the Cool Bet. And if you haven't played a Cool Bet before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit. Hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. That's right. We'll double it. Use promo code WST. Um, all right, last call for uh, for tickets, everyone. If you want to get in, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Put in exclamation mark tickets. And in a second, we will spin the wheel of winners and send somebody to the game on Saturday night for that late 9 p.m. start. Remo, what, uh, you want to get anything over... Uh, uh, anything before I see there's some people who are going to be checking out overdrive. Apparently, oh, dog got his truck stolen. I don't even think he cares about his truck as much as he cares about the golf clubs that were in them. Yeah, that sounds like a huge pain in the ass. Um, and yeah, he said, whoever stole my truck, please bring my golf clubs back. That's what he tweeted out. And someone said he's not going to be on overdrive. You guess you got a lot to deal with. I know someone who had their car stolen recently and was found with like like drug remnants in it. I guess whoever stole it was doing some illicit stuff. It had to sell the car. Can't can drive that. Yeah, no matter how much you clean it. Like what? Gonna... Like what was it? Like meth or something? You can you can guess. I, don't I mean, know. I would don't Maybe... think someone. Well, listen, I could go down a bunch of options, but maybe yeah, that's not to... the best idea to do that. On yeah, I don't need to list. We don't need to <laughs> list uh, here. Like we've all seen 
They were Breaking cooking it in there, were they? <laughs> I don't know. You've all seen what they did to that van in Breaking Mobile <laughs> Lab. <laughs> yeah, the whole who's who knows, but um, yeah, that's got to be tough for uh, for O Dog. There, I did before we wind down. I do want to give a shout out, Hus. We talked yesterday, LeBron James setting the all-time scoring record. Well, shout out to Leon Gavanka from the Manitoba Moose posting this on Instagram. He was there. Us. Nice. There he is with a t-shirt, a swipe for history. And yes, he did have a camera phone out showing uh showing Good for the Leon showing the thing. And I mean, they had the time off. Really a big basketball guy. Uh that's pretty awesome that he was there for that moment. Oh, we may have to get him on the program when the Moose get back to town. We can talk a little bit about his season so far and, uh, of course, getting down to L.A. on the break and uh, seeing Braun break the all-time record. That was uh, That's really, really cool. And speaking of good news, um, Jerry the King Lawler tweeted out an update. Is this right? Oh, that was yesterday, yeah. So he had a, what you, I think it was a stroke or something yesterday, and we were worried about him. Jerry the King Lawler, but he did tweet out yesterday, and here is the the thing. Where is it? The update. Uh, he's out of ICU. He'll return to Florida for outpatient rehab for his limited speech and cognitive skills. Hopeful for full recovery. Looking forward to returning to his fans very soon. There he is, Jerry the King Lawler. So good to hear that. Yeah, rocking the Cleveland Browns shirt and the Royal Rumble hat, and... um. You know, I mean, strokes can, you know, impact people in so many different ways. Uh, but I certainly, I mean, selfishly hope that he can get his cognitive abilities and his speech back because very few people have as funny a mouth on them as the man we know for so long as the king. Um, all right, Remo, why don't you uh, close up sure. and let's get the wheel ready. And in the meantime... We've got another trade to announce from the NBA. First, it was Kyrie Irving. Then it was Kevin Durant. The Raptors reacquired Jacob Poto last night for a first-rounder. And the Shams man reporting right now that the Houston Rockets are acquiring John Wall in a three-team deal with the Grizzlies and the Clippers. Uh, I'll say this about the NBA. The trade deadline, not dull at all. Some of the biggest players in the league have been on the move over the course of the last little bit. Uh, it sounds like the Wizards are... Now, this is just a kind of a, a bits part, but and, and I was wondering about this, what the odds impact of the uh, of that Kevin Durant trade was last night. And this was from Shams, who I guess was quoting the FanDuel numbers in the States. Before last night's trade, Phoenix was 19 to one to win the NBA championship. And now they're less than five to one plus 480. Meanwhile, the Nets were 22 to one to win the championship. They're now a hundred to one. So thoughts and prayers. If you had any Nets futures earlier this year and uh, congratulations, if you're sitting on any Suns futures, uh, that's quite a bit. And what is interesting, Remo, speaking of, uh, speaking of other news, we did talk in the past about the bank robbing Chiefs fan, Chiefsaholic. Oh yeah, who who was on his way to the Houston game and thought that he just grabbed some spending cash by robbing a bank in Oklahoma. Well, after having his bail reduced to eighty thousand dollars, 
Chiefsaholic was released in time to watch his team in the Super Bowl. And apparently, I think part of the way that he got out, he has a massive Patrick Mahomes future to win upwards of 80 grand if he is announced the MVP. We expect that to happen tonight. Uh, I don't think he can leave Oklahoma, though, so I don't think he'll be able to get to the game legally, although who knows. And everything's coming up Chiefsaholic right now because the other thing he has on his Twitter feed is that he's a huge Suns fan. So he got out of jail in time for the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, and then his sons get Kevin Durant in a trade. Um, but what a week it's been for Chiefsaholic after getting out of the clink. I don't know if you have Mattress Mac, how he has the bet. He puts all his stuff on a promo and has the bet. Well, this one, he what, goes to jail. Like, yeah, it's fine. I got Mahomes uh, to MVP. It'll pay my, pay my bail. Um, you know, someone tweeted at us uh, who said, was it Screaming Beaver who always does? And he's like, you know, it's tough to be an NBA fan. Your team's in, you know, fifth place, and you just trade your best players. I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a unique thing. It doesn't really happen that often like ever and they were probably celebrating so i don't know yeah Home i don't Nets know if there's made... much celebration around brooklyn right now not, not right now the but Nets. when they got durant when he signed there and yeah. then they got Kyrie and harden and yeah. it's crazy it's crazy how it's unfolded same with the the clippers you mentioned like they were supposed to be awesome yeah. getting paul george and Kawhi, and that really hasn't worked out at all either so. Even just amazing that the, you know the 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 Warriors were thought to be that super team, and KD was seen as a guy just you know front running, joining a championship team. That's why he had to go do his own thing. It blew up, uh, but he's going to a front runner right now as well in Phoenix. Atomic, thank you very much for the super chat. Another twelve ninety super chat today on the two year anniversary of them shutting down the station. Listen, I'm not going to co-sign your fly, Eagles fly comment, uh, but I will thank you for the support, and uh, one of us will be enjoying the end of the game uh, end of the game as well. Uh, all right, shout out to everyone that, uh, that entered in for the tickets, and thanks again to Rob over at Wind City Pub for um, getting us these, that we can uh, send somebody to the 9 p.m. game. It's actually perfect for... Uh, Watching in Vegas, as I mentioned, it was seven o'clock start. Perfect. Get some dinner and uh, head down. Might have to go back to Bar Canada. We had such a good time at the Deep doing the, the shows there. What was it at the end of April um, for the NFL draft in Vegas last year? I want to make plans to do draft shows in Kansas City for the NFL draft. However, I don't think I'll be available because uh, the plan is for the Winnipeg Jets to be in the playoffs right now. And I don't think I'll want to be in KC if the Jets are playing here in the Z Stanley Cup playoffs. So, but Remo, let's get the wheel going for these tickets. Who, uh, how many, uh, how many people are in? A lot. 76. Nice. That is, that is nice. So here, let's bring it in. Yes. Oh, and then see, there's Todd for Tanny. Shout out to Todd, who uh, got me a couple pops last night, and to Cowboy. Uh, and Cowboy was at the bar last night. It was Pool League. That's why both of those guys were there. And uh, Cowboy rocking the blue and gold WST lid. Those are available on our website, winnipegsportstalk.com slash store. Or you can check out everything we've got going over at Royal Sports. All right, gang. <clears throat> this is the way this is going to work. We're going to spin the wheel. Whoever wins is going to win the tickets. What you are going to need to do is send us an email right afterwards at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com 
with the email so I can send you the tickets before I get out of town. Now, we ready to do this, Reem? I'm going to hit go, and it's going right. to spin. It is All time. Right. Good luck to everyone. South Asian Heritage Night, Jets, Blackhawks, 9 p.m. start, a late one. Give you a little extra time to pregame and bring the noise for the return of the Jets on home ice on Saturday night. Let her rip. The wheel is spinning. The wheel is slowing down. And the winner is <laughs> oh my God. Rob Mahoney. The notorious Rob Mahoney. Rob, congratulations. Send us the email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. And uh, we'll send you those. Uh, we'll send you those ticks. Congratulations, um, Rob. He's here every day, and I mean, absolutely. Not, what may not agree with everything he says, but uh, way yeah, to go, I mean, Rob. he does come up with bizarre, bizarre co chat comments. Like Remo says, Cowboy gets out of control and tries yeah. to get inside the bar all the time. Facts. Remo has never. Well, he has probably has been there before. I can Don't assure believe you that that is not the case. Rob Mahoney might be the king of fake news, actually. Anything Rob says about me in chat, don't believe it. So there's always like, <laughs> Remo's uh, 60 years old. And people are like, what? Remo's older than me? And I'd be like, come on. Come on here. So. Comment, at Fratani, what's hustling off camera? Prima Donna, big time. Oh, yeah. I just sit down, sit there in the bar, big timing everyone. That's uh, totally my thing. Um, all right. Well, listen, I'm going to be away for a couple days. Remo's going to hold it down tomorrow. Billick will be on. Hacksaw will tee up the Super Bowl. Hacksaw and I have had our Super Bowl chat already. He knows where I'm standing on this one. I will probably fire out a little bit of content, though. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Hustlerama, and on Instagram. Um, and maybe I'll fire up a couple things from the sports book for the lock shop for CoolBet and obviously for our Winnipeg Sports Talk channels. By the way, speaking of those Winnipeg Sports Talk channels, Remo's doing a great job cranking up more content. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Sports Talk WPG. I'm sure you're probably already following us on Twitter at Sports Talk WPG. And that same bit in on TikTok as well, if you've got a TikTok account. So wherever, whatever social media feed you want, Winnipeg Sports Talk is always at Sports Talk WPG. And same spot you'll find the YouTube channel if you're listening on the podcast and you haven't seen it before. Um, Remo, good stuff. Fun show today. Great turnout the last couple days. I think a lot of excitement for the Jets to get back on the ice in this game on Saturday night. And uh, I'll be back next week after uh, traveling Monday, Tuesday, and uh, hopefully talking about a nice start to the second half of this season. Once again, thanks to the sponsors. Thanks to all of you. Two years ago today was a pretty dark day for Winnipeg sports, and we're uh, privileged to be able to do this every day because of the support of everyone, both sponsors and viewers and listeners. Um, have a great Super Bowl weekend. Make sure to tune in for the show tomorrow to get you ready for the Jets, and uh, I think I can safely say, you know where I'm at here, go Chiefs, another Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, Monday, one way or the other, I'll have something to say about it on the social channels and hopefully jumping on for the Remo at some point on the show. Thanks so much for being with us, folks. Enjoy the great weather outside. Have a great Super Bowl weekend, but don't miss tomorrow's show. Get you ready for the Jets' return to the ice as Michael Remus takes control. We'll see you then. Have a great one, and thanks for being with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh! Shut it down. 
Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.